BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In the box? Oh, the fire. Oh, they're nice. That's the company shit. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we're starting the show with me showing off my purple pants. <laughs> All right, we are back on another Wednesday. I'm back this week, finally not crazy sick and coughing, so I don't have to mute myself several times during the show. But um, got some interesting, interesting discussions to have today. Um, it feels like the Badgers are really the only team that have like a full healthy week to discuss. Um, obviously we knew what is happening with the Packers. So instead of doing three stars with the Packers today, we're going to do three takeaways, but, um, we got Packers, Bucks and Badgers to talk about today. So we are going to start with the Packers. Um, what's up, Tim? Um, we're going to start with the Packers before we start, got to give a congratulations to Eric Volrath, who won the Wisco fanatics fantasy football league and Christopher, who's a, uh, helping out with a show here and there. Uh, for finishing second, so congrats to those two. But um, we're going to jump into the show. We're going to start with, instead of three stars, three takeaways. So, Jake, give me your, your first takeaway that you had from this Packers-Lions game. So, first of all, welcome. Congratulations, everybody. Thank you for everybody for playing. Uh, it was a lot, a lot of last-minute stuff, and you guys yeah. helped put that all together. Uh, my takeaways for the game, first and foremost, the most important thing, that we've known for the last 15 years, Aaron Rodgers stayed healthy. Aaron Rodgers actually said that his toe is actually feeling good, and by the divisional game, it'll be 100%. Uh, you know, a couple of that with a lot of other things that are happening for the Packers. And man, I don't know if we could put this. You know, this is a golf reference. I don't know if we could put this ball on a tee much better than <laughs> right now, man. I mean, this is really lining up to look like the Packers' year. If they don't get to the Super Bowl, then we got some issues, man. But my first one is Rogers staying healthy. That was that was the most important thing. <clears throat> and that's that was my my third takeaway was no more injuries. So Packers yeah. didn't have. I mean, MVS is is back is hurt. He didn't practice today, but they have another week and a half to get that figured out. Um, and the only other injury, I guess you could say, is uh, Lucas Patrick was put on the COVID list. Um, mm-hmm. Billy Turner. And Jair were activated from the COVID list, so I would expect those two to be good to go. And then Zadarius Smith and Randall Cobb are practicing. I know, dude. They're not just doing individual workouts. They're practicing. Next week's going to be in pads, I heard. So next week, you know, this week's just kind of just a walkthrough. But next week will tell us a lot more about where everybody stands. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We'll probably know where Jair and Zadarius are next week. So next week's show is so, going to be really interesting. I said this in our group chat that – 
um, with Zadarius returning to practice today, the Packers have 21 days to activate him now. The Packers play in 11 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be activated by the time they play their first playoff game, but if they advance, I could see him being there for that second game, if not for the first one. So he's I, trending in a great direction. I definitely think the plan is for him to come back for that first game. He's going to be on a snap count. People are going to yep. ask in the comments. Yep. So he's going yep. to be used as a situational pass rusher. I yep. mean, you get into a, a second and 13, you know, say you make a good play on first down. Second and 13, you know they're going to throw the ball. Zedarius is going in. Third and seven, third and six. You start getting into those rundowns. I don't know how his back's going to hold up. I don't think that he'll be in there for those, but definitely on pass rushdowns. Yeah. And with Jair back, dude. And then we got the pick six king, Rasul Douglas. Yes. You know, all these Rams fans are talking. And I hope that we get Mr. Pick Six, Matthew Stafford, coming to Lambeau, baby. <laughs> oh, it'll be very loud in my house that day. Very loud <laughs> in my house. Yeah, that's you. That's actually a really, really good point. Is is obvious passing downs is a good place for Zadarius to be in. That's a lot yeah. easier for him to or a lot more, I should say a lot less stress on his back to be rushing a passer as opposed to trying to tackle a runner, um, especially if it's potentially you know, a, a Zeke or a Leonard Fournette or, you know, whoever potentially the Packers end up facing. Obviously, like the 49ers like to run the ball like the Badgers, basically. It seems like they run the ball 60% of their plays. They do. um, they're always at the top of the league in rushing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the other thing I wanted to mention was Rogers' toe. I mean, we haven't heard much about it at all he you know he's not having any setbacks he didn't get stepped on um so that was my my third takeaway was no more injuries and now guys are starting to come back so what was your second takeaway uh my second takeaway was you know just getting guys like Bakhtiari and Myers out there you know you and I've talked about the run game because I love the run game right I love the run game I love being physical up front but then you couple the run game with Rodgers getting an extra two and a half seconds to throw the ball now dude. you're really asking for trouble. And Randall <laughs> Cobb's coming back. Dude, I had this written down also at Bakhtiari and Myers playing time. Rodgers could have set up a, a campsite and had a 15-minute tea party back there with all the time he had to throw against the Lions the other day. That was Man. crazy. It really was, dude. I mean, I mean, like I said, you give Rodgers two and a half more seconds, and he already destroys you when he doesn't have time, right? Like, he can, okay, I see this guy, I see this guy, this guy's over here. You know, they talk about it all the time at ESPN and Fox Sports 1. You know, it just looks easy to Aaron Rodgers right now. That's kind of the, that's the reason, really the reason why I think that he's going to be MVP. Brady's out there throwing 200 more passes than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he has 5,000 yards. Congratulations. Aaron Rodgers is making this shit look so easy. What's going on, Dan? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, this offensive line coming together, and, I mean, Randall Cobb's going to be huge. People don't understand how big Randall Especially Cobb's going to be. Especially if MBS doesn't play. I mean, that's just another another guy to have back. Right. Just another guy, you know, it's, I think more because we can't trust our tight end. So our short yardage guy is really going to be, you know, Devontae always is number one option. On every I'm going to ask you a question about Cobb. Later. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's how I think. All right, what was your last takeaway? I actually, my last one is going to be different than yours no matter what. But I actually love that uh, Jordan Love was able to get some playing time. Everybody's hating on that. But that's a good one. We were, we were able to put him in a lot of situations that you're not going to see sitting on the bench. 
you're not going to know how it feels, you know, just running yep. in practice. The two-minute drill. Two-minute drill, yep. He looked bad. You know, he, he kind of just threw it up. And sure, that pass to, uh, was that EQ? It could have been a little bit more outside. It's probably six. But you know what? Again, you're not understanding how to throw that pass if you're sitting on the bench. Yep. Like people need to settle down. We're going to have a PSA in a little bit. But yep. I wanted to give Jordan Love some actual love instead of getting bashed by all, all these fans. Yeah, I'll. we're both going to give public service announcements about Jordan Love when, when it comes up later. But mm-hmm. uh, my last takeaway was the number one seed was already secure. I am absolutely baffled by the number of uninformed fans that are like, why are we putting Jordan Love in? Are we trying to throw this game? Are we losing on purpose? We need number one seed. Like, people should have known this after the Vikings game that the number one seed was already secure. There was people, I mean, people wanting Rodgers to not play at all because they're like, oh, what if he gets hurt? But I wanted him to play, and I just want to toot my own horn that I correctly said that they were going to play half, the starters were, um, just to stay fresh so that they weren't coming off of a two-week bye when they play their first playoff game. So they have a whole other week to get fresh and healthy and prepared. Um, If you watch anything LaFleur says this week, He's not going to discuss anything about who they're going to potentially face. That's why Jake and I, we don't care. We're not going to be like, oh, here's if they play this team, this team, this team, this team. The Packers aren't going to worry about it, so neither are we. Packers are going to prepare for what they do before they work on what opponent they're going to face. It doesn't pay to spend a week focusing on four hypothetical opponents when you're only going to have to play one of them. Yeah, why prepare for something you don't have to worry about, right? So Jake and I aren't going to do that either. So let's jump. Let's let's do some recap. Um, it's basically going to be a tale of two halves when we talk about it. So before we do our Jordan Love PSA, let's talk about the first half. Um, is there anything you want to highlight from the first half of the game? Well, before I do that, um, I want I wrote this down. I was going to say this because I was going to give you credit and kind of give us a shout at the same time. You would have understood what was going to happen in the Detroit game if you follow us and share us to all your friends that don't understand football as well as we do. So share us, let us know. You would have saw Tyler's correctly predicted first half uh, playing time for the starters. But for me, uh, you know, just I love that Bakhtiari was able to get thrown in there and Myers, and Mm -hmm. they both were just as good as they were, you know. And Bakhtiari's leg is only going to get stronger, you know, the more playing time he gets. He got pulled over one time, but he looked good for the most part, in my opinion. Uh, the divisional game is really going to put a lot, a lot of strain on that. Um, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers, fourteen of eighteen, dude. Like, dude, what more do you want? <laughs> I what have you want? next to next to Rodgers. I have he just he looks crazy locked in. He does, dude, and he's just like I, you know, like they, everybody's saying, it just looks easy for him. He's like, oh, okay, so that guy's over there. This guy's coming down, and I never get mad at Rodgers anymore, you know. When he lets the, the play clock go down to two, one, two, one, and it's going to hit zero, I'm like, Rodgers is literally going to destroy your defense right now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Rodgers, it seems like when Rodgers is playing quarterback, he's either snapping the ball with like 29 seconds on the play clock to get somebody to jump or to catch somebody <laughs> right. with 12 men on the field, or he's snapping it with like .2 on the clock, and he just spent the last 25 seconds looking at your defense and being like, and then he just is going to be open right there. I'm going to throw this ball seven <laughs> seconds before he gets there, and it's going to hit him right in the hands. 
in the DB can't do anything about it. Like he just like looks people in the eyes, like, oh, that guy shit in his pants right now. Okay, he can't guard him. Okay, this guy does not want to tackle AJ Dillon. Okay, so we'll so, hand the ball off this play. All right, so Lazard's <laughs> coming this way. If that linebacker's right there, he's gonna follow Lazard. You're really gonna put a little linebacker on Alan Lazard. I'm just gonna throw him another touchdown. Oh man, Alan Lazard, dude. Man, hey. That guy's been balling, bro. He he looks balling. he looks ready to be a legit wide receiver too in the NFL. Yeah, he is really coming into his own, man. He's really hitting his prime <clears throat> right in front of our eyes, right as Devontae's in his prime. I know we have no tight end, but we don't need one right now. With the running game we have, with the two, three, I believe in all of our top four wide receivers. After you get past the fourth one, it's a little shaky, but if all four stay healthy I mean, and we run the ball. If it's if it's Devontae, Lazard, Cobb, and MVS, I would maybe throw EQ in there. He's been he's been pretty solid at times. He's had some nice third down conversions. He's been I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done anything, you know, egregious to deserve any backlash. Like he's not committing dumb penalties. He's not doing anything foolish. He's not dropping passes. He's playing well on special teams. So I would maybe throw EQ in there too as a as a number five. All right, so I'm, I'm not ready to go five wide or anything, but I, I won't bring up that he dropped a two uh, touchdown last year in the championship game. Remember that right off the chest? Oh my god, couldn't believe that. Anyways, um, anyways, okay, right. Alan Lazard right. is a beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, as far as tight ends, so I just wanted to ask you this. I'm just going to ask you right now because it keeps coming yeah. up. One of my questions was: Are you concerned about the tight end position going forward? No, I just I just think when we pass to a tight end, it's going to be big bug. That's it. <clears throat> for me, thinking about this question before I asked it, for me, it's like a tight end by committee position. Um, it's going to be, if Rodgers throws any passes, it's going to be like two to you, one to you, and one to you between Davis, um, DeGuara, and Big Dog. That's, that's really where I think I'm at. Even Dominique Daphne, he got a nice 26-yard reception that was from Jordan Love. Josiah Dewara scored a really long touch touchdown. Um, but that's you know, hey, they ran the tight end screen. That's one of the plays that I like. It works out it seems to work out well, like every time. Like it almost feels like a trick play because it almost never gets run, but mm-hmm. it seems to always work out well. But um the tight end position is one question that I'd want to ask you about. But um one guy we gotta give credit to on the defense. There was no Devondre Campbell playing in this game, so um I guess two takeaways that I had from the defense, one being a positive um, similar to Alan Lazard, you know, improving and coming along at the right time and really starting to play his best football is Dean Lowry. Yeah. He's balling. He had a sack and he was doing well in the run game. Um, he's almost looking like he's worth 6 million a year. Um, he's not going to get that next year, but <laughs> at least not with the Packers, but Um, I've I've been really pleased with with Dean Lowry this season. Um, I mean, if we had competence on the other D end, whether it's Kingsley Kiki or, you know, even uh, Tadero Slayton, I don't think it's Tyler Lancaster because I personally don't understand why he's still on the team. But (laughs) I don't know why you (laughs) think that so much. (laughs) Just the most fucking the most. He he doesn't do anything. Like he just literally doesn't do anything. He just takes up space. That's all we ask him to do, though. But he doesn't That's even all... do that well. Like, he doesn't even take up space well. 
right. You uh, my other... <laughs> suck at existing, Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we had a hypothetical discussion when uh, we talked about um, Eric Weddle coming back to play safety for the Lions in the playoffs. And our buddy Cody suggested why we bring uh, Clay Matthews back for the playoffs. He can wear number 95. <laughs> I never even caught on why he said that. Oh my god! <laughs> I just got it right now. Why did I say that? Okay, yeah, Cody. So, yeah, Isaac's the one that said that. Um, I, I was say Cody's. Cody's the one that said he should wear number ninety-five. That's what. <laughs> Cody is the leader of the hating Lancaster crew. If uh, if you've ever seen Cody Zeese in the comments, he's the leader of the hate. You know, Tyler Lancaster crew, and then Tyler followed, and I followed a little bit. I'm the I'm the co-pilot. He's the co-pilot. I mean, <laughs> he is bad, but I don't think he's. I Kingsley Kiki was activated from the COVID list, so that's who I would start on the other I DN mean, Kiki positions. Is much better. Yes. I won't, won't fight you on that. Um, uh, then my last takeaway that I had on the defense is Oren Burks is he's not a starter. He's not the guy. He's no, just not. So I'm ready to be done with the Oren Burks experiment. I'd honestly rather have Christian Kirksey back on the team, um, or bring back Whitney Merciless. I don't feel the need to see Oren Burks um, playing any more defensive snaps. Dude, how crazy was that? That like we were in love with Kirksey last year because we were like, oh, he's been pretty good. That's how bad our middle linebackers have been. We're like, oh, Christian Kirksey been pretty good. And then Devontae Campbell comes around and he's just an absolute monster, bro. Dude, he's like Pro Bowl caliber or awesome this year. Yeah, he is. Hold I should have looked up how many tackles he had this season and, and averaged it out and found out how many tackles he had per game. Um, I guess one more thing for the defense is um, Matt LaFleur did say that if Jair didn't have COVID, he would have played in this game. So Jair, I would expect just to be like a full go when it comes to game one of the playoffs. Um, so that's just another piece we have back. <clears throat> man, oh, man. Man, okay. oh, man. So this happened in the first half while we're still talking about the first half. Devontae yep. Adams broke Jordy Nelson's single-season yards record. Yep. It bothered me so much that the commentators in the booth did not know that Devontae still broke that record in 16 games. Devontae missed the Cardinals game. So Devontae still played 16 games this season. So talking that he missed the, you know, he gets the extra game. Oh, he gets the extra game. He, he really didn't if you go by the games played. Sure, if it was a 16-game season or a 17-game season, 17 weeks, 16 games, yep. he would have only had 15 games played. Yep. But he still only broke the record in 16 games. It's not like he had 17 games played to break the record. So that bothered me, but... That being said, Devontae Adams has the new single-season yards record for the Packers. He is everything, and he's not leaving the Packers, and he's going to get franchise tag, or he's going to sign a big, gigantic contract with us. So, Devontae, you're going to be a Packer for life one way or the other. <laughs> or it's going to get ugly. Those are the options. I don't and think if, he's, he's not one of those guys, I don't think. But. And, and believing what I believe about Aaron Rodgers, which is that he's coming back, um, oh, yeah. I don't see Devontae wanting to sit out. It's not going to be a situation where, you know, like an Allen Robinson situation where, you know, your options are to sit out or go and be 6-11 and 11 with the Bears. Your options are going to be sit out or go contend for a Super Bowl. Like, it's a yeah. much different situation. I agree with that. 
Oh, I don't want to talk about Cap because, dude, it's when we do our off-season episode, that is going to be tough because we got a lot of moving pieces. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening news-wise with that. Um, we probably won't talk Cap until after the draft because um, mm-hmm. that'll be the big thing after the season ends is going to be draft position. So then we're probably going to get into our mock draft stuff, um, which we did a lot last year. It was a lot of fun. I said it in the in one of our chats that I feel like I know a lot more of the players in the NFL from doing that really heavy draft prep and then doing a bunch of the mock drafts together. So um, and your dad said the same thing. You don't sit out with the best passer yep. throwing you the ball. Um, yep, exactly so if, yeah, if Rodgers is back, I don't see a situation where Devontae sits out. <clears throat> you know what I'm really excited for for next year? I don't know why we're talking about next year, but uh, my stepson is a huge Patriots fan. For some reason, I don't know what's wrong with that kid. He got dropped in his head or something. I wasn't around then. But the Patriots come to Lambeau next year. That, that doesn't happen very often, so I think we're going to have to go to that game, man. He, he always walks around the house. Mac Jones is the GOAT. Mac Jones is the GOAT. I'm like, no, he's not. He is not the GOAT, Aiden. This kid's nine, so don't give him a hard time. He's nine. <laughs> but I just, I'm excited for that. But anyways, something I wanted to point out. As I thought our run game, you know, first half and second half was good. I mean, A.J. Dillon ran the ball 14 times, had 63 yards. He got a lot of tough yards. Um, Aaron Jones missed a game. I don't know if you said that. Redundant. Yeah, I, I put it on the <clears throat> on the takeaways that I did for the yeah. the game when I posted that. Um, it's basically just a, a rest situation so that yep. he's fully 100% ready to go. Yeah, uh, his knee was bothering him, so um, – wasn't really bothering him, I guess. He it was just his knee, like you said, just precautionary maintenance. Uh, so, so Aaron Jones sat out, but AJ Dillon ran tough, and Patrick Taylor, man, he ran real tough, man. He hit the he whole looks hard. good. Eleven for fifty three and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's hey, all you ask for. So I I was I felt really good for him when he scored his touchdown. I was really really excited to see him score his touchdown because if you go back to last July when you and I went to Packers practice, the first player out on the practice field was Patrick Taylor. And he was working on the jugs machine. And week 18 comes around, and he scores his first career touchdown. I was really, really happy for Patrick Taylor to see um, to see him score his first touchdown. Who we need Matt Quinn's number for? Now he's going to get a piece of tape and make it into a Jordan Love jersey. <laughs> I mean, sure. If you bought a Matt Flynn jersey, you are a real one. I'll That's dedicated. That right That's... Maybe he just did it from the one Lions game and the Patriots game that he almost came back in. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> we're going to do it. We're going to talk about Jordan Love because it needs to be talked about. So yes. we're going to start off where Jake and I both have a public service announcement to make about Jordan Love. First things first, the first interception was not his fault. That was a bobbled pass that if Devontae or Lazard or say Tanyan are out there or Cobb, that ball is getting caught. It's not getting bobbled and intercepted. That's that's first things first. Now, second thing. All right. If you have ever said that you think Brett Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers because he has heart and you don't care about the interceptions, then you should not spend a damn second complaining about Jordan Love. <laughs> not a second complaining about Jordan Love. This is the end of this game. He's playing without the starters, so he's not playing with Devontae and Lazard, and all the starting linemen. So he's playing with all the second-team guys, and he's trying to mount a comeback. And he throws a late interception. And now you're going to complain about it? 
But if Brett Favre were to do that, you're just like, oh, he's playing with heart. He's trying to mount a comeback. What do you think Jordan Love's doing? He's not throwing that ball to get picked on purpose. He's throwing the ball because he's trying to win a game. But you're gonna you're gonna sit back. I had somebody tell me on Facebook that he's been playing for two years. No, the hell he hasn't. He's played 90 minutes of football, not two years. Don't tell he's me that he should know how to read a defense by sitting on the sidelines with a clipboard and watching film. You learn how to read defenses by playing against defenses, and not in practice and preseason, which is a little bit of work. You learn by actually doing it. I've seen people, I know Matt Ramage posted it about um, Aaron Rodgers' like first six games or whatever, where he was like 6-11 and 11 in his first season or as a starter or something like that. I mean, Jordan Love has played 90 minutes of football, and people were like, oh, he's not ready. He's not NFL ready. Jordan Love sucks. We need to trade him immediately. We don't know. We don't know. We have not seen nearly enough of Jordan Love to know whether he's ready and will take over for Aaron Rodgers. Look at the Bears. They stuck out with four years with Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, imagine. Imagine. Hey, they I mean, to the, stick the, out four years with, with Justin Fields, too. The, <laughs> the, I mean, the Browns announced that they're going to bring back Baker Mayfield next year. It's like, sure, he had a good 2020, but he has not been good in 2021. No. I mean, it's 90 minutes of football. And he's not ready. He needs to be traded. He sucks. 90 minutes of football. I mean, the Vikings are stuck with Kirk Cousins. Sure, he had a solid year, but I mean, that franchise is not going anywhere meaningful with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And you brought up the the Bears and the Vikings. They both just let go of their GM and head coach. So, clearly, the the team with the brightest future outside of the Packers is the Lions. It's the Lions. It really is. That's nuts to think about. It, I I strongly agree with you. It's the Lions. Oh, yeah. Amon Ross, St. Brown looks great. TJ Hawkinson is a all pro tight end. They have a solid offensive line. They have a couple of good, like decent running backs. Jared Goff is a he's a serviceable quarterback. I mean I mean there's obviously better options, but you know, you can get by with Jared Goff as your quarterback. Obviously he's been to a Super Bowl, so he can't be that terrible. I mean, like I said, he's serviceable. They just need a front seven, really. Yeah. Their secondary was pretty decent at times on Sunday. Um, they drafted Ifatu Melafon, who was one of the guys we talked about during draft prep last year. Um, <clears throat> they have Jeff Okuda, who was a, a first-round draft pick last year. Um, he didn't look good last year, but, I mean, they have first-round talent in their secondary. I mean, it, some, some consistent safety play in a front seven, and the Lions, I... I agree with you. They're probably the second best team in the NFC North. No, uh, NFC North is pretty garbage outside of the pack. <clears throat> it really is, and that's why that's why Rodgers is not going to the Denver Broncos. You really want you really want to go to the Broncos and have to play the Raiders twice a year and the Chargers twice a year and the Chiefs twice a year. Dude, really, with a worse I mean, offensive line and no. an okay defense, and now you're going to have a new head coach. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. That's a lot. It's a lot, man. Um, I have something to ask you, actually. It's about Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be after this. So, I was going to say, everybody just calm down. Let's take a deep breath, okay? I I wanted Tyler to go after me, but now that he went before me, I have to start with that. (laughs) So, I'm going to tell him to calm down before he went first. Jordan Love 
<clears throat> is not that bad, okay? You know, I wrote down his stats. 36-62, <laughs> 58 completion percentage. It's not that good. It's not that bad. 411 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Okay, so the three picks. So he threw one in the Chiefs game where he was throwing yep. up a ball to Devontae. Yep. Okay, that's an interception. He threw a catchable ball, right? He could have threw two touchdowns on Sunday if Davis would have caught that that yep. long. He put a little nice touch on that one. Yeah, he I'll did. I'll be honest with you. Yep. A nice touch. You got to have your guy make a play for you every once in a while, though. Yep. You know? So he could have threw a touchdown to EQ if he throws it a little bit more outside. You don't figure that out unless you get on the field, okay? Mm-hmm. So, to your point, you know, you said you had somebody say that you've been playing for two years. He didn't even dress at all last year. He didn't dress. He was on the official roster. So, technically, this was really like his rookie year. And he's like a rookie quarterback going in. If this was right? baseball, this would have been his rookie season. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Because he was drafted in the first round, people think that he's just supposed to come in and throw for 400 yards and two touchdowns. That's absolutely not how it goes. If you'd have been drafted in the third round, people would be like, oh, okay, we could just wait, see mm-hmm. how he turns out, he'll be okay. So I wrote down Roger's stats. So this was his rookie season, right? 9 of 16, 65 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. 39 rating, 39 quarterback rating. Bad. This is Aaron Rodgers, yeah, one of the best quarterbacks ever. His second season, 6 of 15, 46 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. 48 quarterback rating. Okay? So, neither of his quarterback ratings were higher. He only threw one pick to Jordan Love's three. So, he wins that one. He threw zero touchdowns. And he threw for a total of 111 yards when Jordan Love is 411 yards. His completion percentage is 48% to Jordan Love's 58%. And Jordan Love just looked better than Aaron Rodgers in his first couple seasons. Love <clears throat> is just one of those guys who's just rough around the edges, right? You know, as Wisconsin fans, this is really tough for me to make this comparison, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to say it. Do you remember a young guy that came from a different country? You know, he plays basketball, and he won two MVPs. And when he first started, he was real rough around the edges, right? This little 18-year-old scrawny kid, we were like, who the is this guy, man? Jordan Love came out of Utah State. Who the hell comes out of Utah State? We could use the same scenario. Who the hell is this guy, right? <clears throat> a little rough around the edges. We clean up some footwork. We clean up some of his reading of defenses, right? But you don't get that unless you get on the field. The thing that That's... I liked is that he recognized the pressure, and he got mm-hmm. the ball out of his hands. That's yeah. the little things. That was one of the takeaways that I had with Jordan Love is he didn't make any mental errors. Right. So that's uh, that's a good thing. You can you can work on the physical stuff. I mean, the making the mental errors. That's uh, you know, that's that's a, a step in the right direction. You talked about that when we talked about um, Royce Newman early in the season. Mm-hmm. When you talked about him and Patrick being next to each other, and you know, just miscommunication. That's that's something that needs to be fixed. Whereas the, not making the mental errors, that to me. I would say correcting a mental error is harder than correcting a physical one. Oh, I as far as that. as far as football is concerned, because I mean you can look at let's see, trying to think of some examples. Um, you know, maybe like a Jamarcus Russell, number one draft pick, talent, but his coaches gave him a blank tape 
and told him it was blitz packages. It was a blank tape, and he came back to practice the next day and said he watched a tape on blitz packages. It was a blank tape. The talent doesn't matter if you don't have the mental stuff figured out. So if the fact that he's not making mental errors is a sign of encouragement for me that he's on the right path. I mean, it's still pretty badass. He can throw from goal line to goal line. I won't lie. That's pretty <laughs> sick, dude. I wish I could do that. <laughs> but he was just lazy. You know, and Jordan Love, he's going to put the work in. He's looked like a guy that's put the work in. He's trying. He's trying to get better. And if you're a fan of this team, okay, listen, Wisconsin, we're a small state in this country, Okay. And we got a lot of talent on a lot of our teams, right? We got a lot of MVPs. We win a lot. We go to the playoffs Sion. a lot. Listen, stop bashing our players. I do not have a problem if they're actually bad. Like if they're in their eighth year and they suck, okay? I yell at the TV, hey, you suck, man. I can't do what they do. But a young kid that has barely got any playing time, it's basically like walking up to a teenager that just started driving and being like, why the hell do you suck at driving? Like, dude, this, this is tough, man. It's not there's, easy playing quarterback. There's literally two players we're talking about today that we can put in this in this situation, and it's Jordan Love and Tyler Lancaster. True, true. I, Lancaster, I'm sorry. Oren, Oren Burks. Oren Burks, you also suck. You're not even oh. that good at special teams, to be honest with you. <laughs> and that's like literally just running down the field. We are. And that's, and that's the problem, Isaac. We are spoiled by Rogers' talent. I just made this comparison to Tyler, right? When we went from Favre to Rogers, I didn't look at Aaron Rodgers and be like, all right, this guy's got to be as good as Brett Favre. He's got to show as much heart as Brett Favre. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. I didn't know we were going to see a guy that throws 37 touchdowns and four interceptions every damn year bringing us to the number one seed, we're always contending. I didn't know it was going to happen. You know, and the comparison I made to Tyler is, what if Jordan Love, you know, gets into his prime, gets gets his feet under him, and he's a guy that throws for 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions. I don't know what I Jordan mean, Love's going to be. Jordan Love's combine comparison was Patrick Mahomes. I know. Patrick I Mahomes' mean, combine comparison was Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You, I mean, you got to give people time. You can't say that he's played 90 minutes of football and act like he's going to be Aaron Rodgers as soon as he steps on the field. Yeah, Especially he's, when he's playing with the second-team offense. Right, dude. He's not going to see everything. And then, like, people will be like, oh, but he has a start. He played the whole game with the starters. Bro, he was on the road against a Super Bowl contending team. That like, was also on, a COVID situation. So it's not like he's going into the season knowing he's the starter. That was a... Oh no, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. You're starting this week. <clears throat> See now, James has a good point. He's a James is a Saints fan. He follows the show because he's a good guy. Uh, talking about the Saints, they went from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston to Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill to rookie Ian Book and back to Taysom Hill. <clears throat> so they went through just a revolving door of quarterbacks to be back in a situation where. They almost reached out to Drew Brees and asked him to come back. They were considering calling Phillip Rivers and seeing if he wanted to come play quarterback for them just because they didn't want to roll with rookies that just showed up. So, I mean, it could be a much worse situation. 
I mean, we could be the Bears and go from, you know, having Justin Fields being the savior after Mitchell Trubisky was the savior after, you know, everything else. And then they bring in Andy Dalton and then they trade for a $22 million cap hit Nick Foles. Like their third string quarterback has a Super Bowl ring and they don't know who they're starting at quarterback. True. Now their GM and head coach are gone. <clears throat> so Isaac said, "Love has a great arm; just needs to work on the mechanics." And that's that's a polished thing. That's just something he's going to get from experience. He needs that polish. He's a raw prospect. We knew that yep. when we drafted him. <clears throat> so, anything else you want to say about Jordan Love before we talk about the rest of the Packers? Um, nah, man. Let's just just give him time. <clears throat> Let him develop, man. All right. Oh, I hey, hey, hey. I I gave him love, bro. He's been balling. Uh, Tyler said that he's he's going in. He's, like, really getting comfortable as a wide receiver, too. I 100% agree with that. He's really filling into that role. He's, like, really just hitting his prime right in front of our eyes. I mean, this guy's still young. We got a lot of young guys on this team. Like, Lazard, MVS is still young. Like, everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers and, like, oh, man, he's, he's 37, 38 years old. Like, I'm like, bro, we got a lot of young teams. Like, Kenny Clark's still young. I mean, a lot of these players – I mean, Rasul Douglas, what is he? What Rasul Douglas is 26, 26, right? I mean, Savage is still young. I mean, Rashawn Gary, you know, just hitting his prime right now. We got – I mean, Elton Jenkins. I mean, Myers now. I mean, we got a lot of young dudes. I mean, Aaron Jones, 26 years old. A.J. Dillon. The Packers' future is not just going to stop with Aaron Rodgers. Our Super Bowl contention will stop for a couple of years. But – the Packers being playoff ready, like getting to the playoffs, I think they can still get to the playoffs with Jordan Love. I, Especially with the extra that, game. We, we said that in the beginning of the year when we didn't know right. what was going to happen with Rodgers yet. Like, I believed that the Packers could win the division with Jordan Love. And we see what the rest of the NFC North has done, and I will stand by that. I wouldn't have shocked me if the Packers could have won 10 games with Jordan Love. They could have gone 10-7. and seven. Yes. That, that still would have had them a two-game win in the division. I see it. I easily could. can see 10 and 7 with Jordan Love. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys you didn't even mention on the offensive line. Josh Myers is a rookie. Royce Newman is a rookie. John Runyon's a second year player. I mean, DeGuara is basically a rookie. He got his ACL torn last season, so he didn't even play in his rookie year, really. But, um, you know, you already mentioned AJ Dillon's a second year player. I mean, the Packers are, are young and they have a, a good core to remain a contender for a good while, basically as long as Rodgers wants to continue playing football. Yep. The Packers can just run the ball right down your throat in so many different ways. You know, I was actually going to mention that. I feel like we haven't seen a lot of like wide receiver motions and stuff like we did last year. Yeah. It hasn't been nearly as frequent. Um, They did do it. It seems like they do it after the snap a little bit more. Like it happened like Lazard on his second touchdown. That was a, a after-snap motion where Lazard came across the formation in front of Rodgers and a linebacker ended up sticking with him. Yeah. So they're not doing – they don't really have the Tyler Irvin role that we talked about last year a lot. Um, so it's not a ton of pre-snap motion. Um, I would have thought yeah, Cobb would have ran a lot of that. Just, yeah. you know, go and, in motion, uh, be, the, be Rodgers' outlet guy, just get like freaking like 70 catches off that alone, you know? And I think Aaron Jones being healthy the whole season – could have yeah. done that a little bit more. Like he gets he gets split out wide some. Um AJ Dillon moves around a little bit, but he's not quite the pass catcher that Aaron Jones is. Although I will say, as far as this season is concerned, AJ Dillon has impressed me as as good of a pass catcher he is. 
Yeah, Packers. Packers are just. I mean, I was reading James' comment. The Packers are are set up to succeed for a long time. I really believe that. Uh, Jordan Love will be fine. Everybody relax. But that doesn't mean that we want Aaron Rodgers gone. I want everybody to understand that. Right. Because I want Aaron Rodgers back. If and yep. we end up in a scenario where Rodgers is like, all right, listen, I want you guys to re re up me for four years. I'm going to play for four years, and after four years, I'm going to retire. Trade Jordan Love. I'm absolutely okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I don't want to keep him held hostage for that long anyways. Right. There's a team that would take Jordan mm-hmm. Love. I bet we can get a, a fourth rounder for Jordan Love, fourth, maybe third. I could see – I would. we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I could see, I could see the Texans giving us a third rounder <laughs> for Jordan Love. Look at Isaac. <laughs> Isaac said nowhere to sign far. Um. <laughs> Come on, Isaac. <laughs> Anthony, what's up? We're talking about the Packers. We're just about to wrap up with the Packers. Um, but I mentioned AJ Dillon for a reason. The Packers had two running backs this season with a thousand scrimmage yards. And that's Aaron True. Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, the only team that did that last year was the Browns, and that was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's a that's you're talking like best duos in the NFL at running back. Yeah. And the Packers have that. In They're addition definitely... to the number one quarterback and the number one wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> Filthy. And the number one corner. Filthy. Give it to us. Now and bring the damn trophy the, home. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And the best head coach. Coach of the year this year. Jake said it perfectly at the beginning of the show. It seems like this ball is really getting set on the tee for the Packers to to make a run this year. If they don't at least go to the goddamn Super Bowl this year, I might lose it. There's no way that we don't make it this year. There's no way. There's just absolutely no way. We don't turn the ball over. We force turnovers. We play good enough defense. We get we get teams off the field after three. We forced a, a four and out on Sunday, you know, the first drive of the day by the Lions. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP again. We got the two-headed monster of the running backs. We got our full healthy offensive line, except for our left guard. But running has played very well this year. I mean, he hasn't given up the, the sacks that Royce Newman has. And Newman will be able to get help with the, you know, the fully healthy offensive line. So we'll yep. be able to kind of collapse all that stuff. But, like, dude, it, 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 okay, hang on. Let me read James' comment right in the middle. He said, if you guys face the Rams in the playoffs, do me a favor and destroy them. I'm still mad at them. James, the Packers own the Rams. Yeah. You know, my father-in-law, who is a huge Rams fan, he even says it. If we go, he's like, if we go to Lambeau and face you guys there, you'll kill us. And we will. I mean, the last game wasn't even close. They had a couple splash plays, but other than that, it was nothing. I mean, they didn't, they really didn't move the ball and, that well. On and that was a, a a mental mistake by Adrian Amos that gave them some of the yep. points. I mean, well, I think that we're going to play the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Rams. It's personally how I feel. I think the Cardinals are going to go on the road. They're going to beat the Rams. Um, yeah, he can't even stop Rashid Covert, so he ran that touchdown. One of the sickest photos in Packers history, Aaron Rodgers after the touchdown run. Um, I think we're going to face the Cardinals, and then we're going to face the Cowboys. I think the NFL is rigging these playoffs to have Aaron Rodgers beat Mike McCarthy to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, mean, look- <clears throat> I saw somebody say, should we be worried about the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy knows Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? And it's like he, he knows who Aaron Rodgers is, but he knows – Nothing about Matt LaFleur. 
or Matt LaFleur's right. system. This offense is not the Mike McCarthy offense. And we just highlighted that. But the two-headed monster at running back would have never happened with McCarthy. We had 1,000-yard rusher in McCarthy's tenure, and it was Eddie Lacy, and he had like 1,027 yards. So he like just <sighs> snuck over the 1,000-yard mark. I mean, and as far as the Rams are concerned, like Matthew Stafford in the playoffs does not scare me. He's no. he's so turnover prone. He made some really really bad decisions in that last game on Sunday. <laughs> he like he threw what two picks and had a fumble that just got just slapped out of his hand. Dude, like, that last pick he threw was a freaking <clears throat> terrible throw. I'm gonna reply to Isaac's comment. He he doesn't run a halfback draw, or he doesn't run a freaking quarterback sneak from the goal line formation at the five <laughs> yard line. Rogers is commenting on that. He said, yeah, call that one in, Matt. See what happens. <laughs> we ain't running a quarterback sneak. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Rogers is going to be like, okay, I guess I have to do this. I hate, I hated the McCarthy special, which was like a, a second uh, five, and they run an outside pitch play that loses three yards every time. Or we would run the ball, right? We'd get like a good on, – on second down, we'd get like a good eight-and-a-half-yard run. McCarthy's like, you know what? They're not expecting us to go deep, except when we yeah, did right? it in the first quarter already. <clears throat> so we're going to go deep again. It was like I'm third and short. Yeah. We're in third and one. What the? You run, you run freaking ha- fullback dive, you know, <laughs> on freaking third and eight. And now you want to go deep? You are just a son of a. I hate that guy. He. Wasted so many years of Rogers' prime, dude. And he—he's not the play caller in Dallas. It's Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore calls the plays. The offensive coordinator. So, and their offense isn't impressive, dude. Their offense is not impressive. <clears throat> they, they beat up on a lot of bad teams. They didn't win. I believe they didn't beat a team that had ten or more wins. <laughs> the Tecmo Bowl. It was, dude. So they did not beat. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna pull up. I went through their schedule. They beat the Chargers, who had it. They were over 500. They beat the Patriots, and they beat one other team. God, who was it? I'm gonna pull so it up. The, the best win that they had was the Patriots, and that was all the way back in like week six. Matt Lafleur would be a good head coach. I tell you guys, he is. Yeah, Lafleur knows his stuff, man. I mean, he comes to work every day, and he's prepared. And you know, even though. I wasn't taking it very seriously on Sunday. Matt LaFleur was definitely taking it seriously, and he did not enjoy that we were giving up those trick plays. He was like, listen, that shit does not fly around here. You got to be focused every damn second. Matt wants this damn Super Bowl as much as Rodgers does, and we know how bad Rodgers wants it. So the best showing I think the Cowboys had against a good team was probably week one against Tampa when they scored 29 points. Other than that, you look at they beat the Chargers, they scored 20. Yep. They beat Philadelphia by scoring 41. They beat Carolina scoring 36. They beat the Giants scoring 44. None of those teams are even remotely near playoffs except for Philadelphia, who snuck in just because because somebody had to get in, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The New England win is probably their signature win on the season. They won that game 35-29. to That's probably their best win. Uh, Other than that, they beat Minnesota. They scored 20 points. They got killed by Denver. They destroyed Atlanta, who is not a playoff team. They lost to Kansas City 19 to 9. Nine points against Kansas game. City. I mean, yeah. Jordan Love scored seven on that defense. Uh, <laughs> they lost to the Raiders 
36 to 33. They gave up 36 points to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Like that team is decent, but it's not 36 points decent. No. And that was right after the Henry Ruggs thing, I think. Yeah. And that was after Gruden got fired, too. Yeah. Um, They beat the Saints. They beat Washington. They beat the Giants again. They beat Washington again, lost to Arizona, and beat Philly. They're, the Patriots game is really the only game that gives me cause for concern. And that was like 13 weeks ago. And when they beat the Patriots, it was before the Patriots got on fire. I think it was right after that game when the Patriots were like, all right, we can figure this thing out. We're going to go on a run. They won like five in a row or whatever. And they got and, them. Oh, they God, snuck in the playoffs now in the AFC. Trayvon Diggs is not the defensive player of the year. I don't care that he has 11 interceptions. I do not care. If you play the Packers, he's not intercepting Rodgers because Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. So their only strength that they have on their secondary is a guy that gets interceptions against a team that doesn't throw interceptions. (laughs) He gives up yards like crazy. Devontae would murder him if the Packers play the Cowboys. I want to play the Cowboys. I I do too. Great matchup for the Packers. Personally, I think Zeke is – he's washing up. Like he's still a decent running back, but – Mike McCarthy's going to turn him into Eddie Lacy 2.0 pretty quick here. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard looked at points better than than Zeke did. Amari Cooper is overrated in my opinion. They just lost Michael Gallup. Yep. Honestly, their their tight end position is only one that really concerns me, but we have Devondre Campbell now to kind of neutralize that, uh, which would be interesting to see if we played the 49ers, how they would defend George Kittle, but that's a bridge we'll cross when we get to it. I do not want to face 49ers. <sighs> This, I mean, this, the Cowboys' defense, if you neutralize Micah Parsons, they have nothing else. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs does not concern me at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is what I was saying, bro. The And if it comes down to Tom Brady again, I swear to God, dude, I swear on everything, we better not lose to Tom Brady. They have one healthy receiver and Rob Gronkowski. I know, isn't uh, isn't Fournette supposed to come back for the playoffs? He's designated to return, but I don't know when he's going to play, even still. I just – I don't see us losing to any of these teams. We shouldn't lose. At least last year when you looked at it, we were like, all right, we lost to Tampa Bay in the regular season. They beat up us on, on us pretty good. That is a team that, like, they could beat us, you know? They, they could make us look bad. Isaac Evans is their one healthy receiver. Antonio Brown obviously had his whole situation and Godwin tore his ACL. So they have one healthy receiver. Well, they still have Scotty Miller, right? But he's just a deep threat. He's not even really a deep threat. He's more of a – he only looked like a deep threat because Kevin King gave up a deep touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> he only looked like a deep threat because of Kevin King. <laughs> Scotty Miller just, is a he's a he's a Cole Beasley Adam Humphreys uh Andy Isabella slot possession receiver kind of guy. Andy <clears throat> Isabella doesn't even play. How do you know who that is? He barely plays. <laughs> All right. You have anything else you want to talk about the Packers before we start talking about basketball? No, nah, this weekend's gonna suck because we don't get to watch him. That's all I got. <laughs> Hopefully we keep hearing good news about um, Zadarius Smith. That would be that would be the thing that would make me happiest about the Packers is to hear that Zadarius Smith is going to play. Oh, imagine the crowd, dude. Oh man, yeah. crowd! I want to see him. I want to see him have a cool 
a cool style, you know, a cool uh, t-shirt under saying on his jersey. Yeah, like get a sack and he pulls out a shirt that says "I'm back." Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> when he pulled All out right. the snub thing, dude, that one day, that was sick. That was By so the way, awesome. Defensive Player of the Year is a former Wisconsin Badger. That's all I yep, got. It is, yep. I said Miles Garrett three weeks ago, and it's uh, definitely, definitely T.J. Watt. Dude, James, this is – I will give you a dollar if you know what hat this is. It's gray and yellow. I'll give you a dollar if you know what it is. A whole dollar, James. I will mail you a dollar. It'll cost me a dollar twenty-five to send it to you, but I will mail you a dollar, <laughs> bro. <laughs> if you do that, James, you have to dance for a minute and a half live. <laughs> a minute and a half because you only danced for like ten seconds the other day. I felt cheated. Oh, it's not Salt Lake City. Mm. That's a that's a good guess, but it is an AAF team. It is a San Diego Fleet hat. It's a good guess. Yeah, the right league, wrong team. All right, send him 50 cents. <clears throat> nope, he has to send me a dollar. Should have made a pie bet on that. Oh, James, you have to send him a dollar. Uh, pie bet. Yeah, I got to do that next week. <laughs> uh, hey, James, if you make pie bets, do them with me because then you won't lose. That's just how it works, I guess. <laughs> and don't, don't do them with me or you will lose. Yep, that's that's basically how this works right I'm now. I'm going to continue to hang my hat on undefeated on pie bets until I lose. Uh, next week's gonna suck. <laughs> uh, all right, ready to talk basketball. Yeah, let's talk some Bucks basketball. Let's get all the hurt out. <sighs> yeah, it's. I mean, the best team they played was their best game. Like, I know. The you know, and I was gonna say this to Isaac the other day because we have a lot of conversations. Um, and Isaac was talking about how. He thinks the Packers play up to their competition. This was a while back, right? And I was like, Isaac, that's literally a Wisconsin team thing. They literally play to their competition. Look at Wisconsin football. They annually lose to Northwestern or Illinois. It's like, how the hell do you mess that up? You just won eight in a row. Well, then they lost to Minnesota. Shouldn't have lost to Minnesota. Absolutely should not have lost to Minnesota. Look at look at the Brewers this past year. They beat up on the NL West. They were beating up on the Dodgers. They were beating the Giants, beating the Padres. And then they score one run in two games against the Braves. Yeah. They lose in three. Yeah. It's like I it doesn't make sense. It doesn't gonna, make sense. We're in the, the dead season of the NBA in between Christmas and the all-star break where it's quiet because everybody's talking about the NFL. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that on top of all the guys the Bucks are missing, we really got to dig deep for context in these games instead of just looking at them for face value and saying the Bucks went one and three in their last four games. Hey, you know, you brought up how everybody's talking about NFL. Did you see that list of the top 100 shows on television last year? So the top 100 broadcasts or whatever they called it, 91 of the 100 were NFL football games. 48 of the top 50 were NFL football games. And all of the top 16 were NFL football games. Dude, I sent that to my dad the other day. He was like, man, Goodell is just laughing all the way to the bank. We, 
That guy's so rich, bro. It's crazy. But anyways. Um, Shohei Otani was talking about how he wants to make Major League Baseball the most popular sport in America again. They, I mean, Major League Baseball is going through a, a really big deal right now with their lockout. Yeah. And, you know, they're working on it, and I guess they're, they guess they're making progress. I mean, they're making proposals and stuff, but um, Rob Banford is easily the worst commissioner in professional sports. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably not going to start the season on time. You would think, right? I don't think spring training is going to start on time. You know, the pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in like a month. I mean, we're getting I know. pitchers and catchers reporting. I know. And there is not even, they're barely beginning these discussions. No, I know. Um, it's like the, the expansion of the playoffs and the revenue stuff is going to take a long time to sort out. <laughs> but um, anyway, he said maybe if everybody took roids again. I love steroids in baseball. I'm one of those people. I, I want to like, see home runs. I like sticky stuff. I I think the you know the pitches going like this is really fun to watch. Um, but I mean, you got to level the playing field somehow. Like it's not fun watching the Brewers bat 200 on the season. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They did trade Jackie Bradley Jr. So I guess they have that going for them. Yeah, they but, did do that. Like I said, we're in the dead season of of basketball because the NFL is ramping up with the playoffs now, and we're in between Christmas and the All Star break. Those are those are the dead the dead zone of basketball. So the Bucks Raptors game, no Giannis, no Grayson Allen, no Pat Connaughton, no Dante, no George Hill. I don't think in that game either. Um, and Chris Middleton we- kicked off, and and we're gonna talk. He played, but. We're going to talk about that right after this. Um, mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins had 15 points and 18 rebounds, in, or 18, 8 rebounds in this game. But <clears throat> looking at it, OG and Anubi, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Gary Trent Jr. combined for 96 points. They did. That is, I mean, the Bucks shot well, but Toronto shot lights out in this game. They did. The Bucks, and the Bucks only lost by six. This is what we keep saying, like, we're talking all these guys the Bucks are missing, in addition to the head coach, Budenholzer. Yep. And they're losing these games by single digits. You add Giannis to this game, and we win by eight. If oh, you add easily. his – I mean, obviously, like, his production comes at the expense of others. But, I mean, you add 28, 12, and 6 to your team, you're, you're, you're going to have more than a plus six. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they, I mean, the Bucks. They still need to cut down the turnovers, really, and the Bucks can win some of these really close games. It's just, I mean, you just got to cut down the turnovers. I'm going to ask you a question about that later, but um, do you do you want to say anything about this game before we talk about Demarcus Cousins? Okay, so you brought up, yeah, if Giannis would have played, they would have won by eight. I think it would have been more because it literally looked like Siakam and Gary Trent were getting layup lines to the that's, that's the, 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 the rim. Anyway, Siakam was doing whatever he wanted. You think he was going to do that against Giannis? Sure, he might score a little bit, but he's not going to score like he was. Siakam's a nice player. I'm not going to talk trash about him. He, I mean, he I won most him. improved two years ago. Like, he's solid. I mean, he was, yeah, he was a good second star in that yeah. championship team. Like, yep. he's a good player. He's a but, solid player. Yeah, I agree. But he's not going to have 33, 6, and 6. He was doing whatever the hell he wanted, you know? But it is what it is. Um, Boogie played well in this game. I thought Drew Holiday played pretty well. Chris was doing his thing, but we just 
did not play any defense, and the rim protection is still a problem. That's really my o- my only all concern right. at all outside that's of a, health is rim protection. That's a perfect transition into talking about DeMarcus Cousins because <clears throat> after this game, it was announced that they were releasing DeMarcus Cousins. Um, James, I, I want to get into the Admirals more. Um, it's just kind of a tough thing to get into because it's not television broadcast around here. Um, I do want to do that moving forward, but it's just kind of a, a time thing that we don't really have as much time to talk about that. Um, okay. DeMarcus Cousins. Now this was a surprising thing that happened because we don't have any other centers on the roster besides Mamu really. Now looking at it, Jake just gave you basically the reason he was released. He just talked about Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent basically having a layup line. Yes, DeMarcus Cousins gave us a presence in the middle. Yes, he's tough. Yes, he was scoring a little bit. Yeah, he helped in the rebounding department. He is not a rim protector. He does not play defense. He doesn't. That's the fact of the matter, is that he doesn't play defense. He doesn't protect the rim. The Bucks could do better with Nerland's Noel at the center, for example, than DeMarcus Cousins, just because they need that defensive presence. And then on top of that, Marcus Cousins was shooting like 27% from the three-point line. Those are the two the two big reasons. And then the third big reason is DeMarcus Cousins being cut before Friday, before the Nets game. Um, it saved the Bucks $1.4 million. His cap hit without um, retaining him is only 600000 If they had kept him, it was about $2.1 million. You can ask the same question of why they didn't um, why they didn't release Wesley Matthews for the same reason, because his contract became guaranteed on Friday. But then you watch that Nets game, and it's like, oh, that's why they kept Wesley Matthews. He well, was playing really losing. tough. Dude, I mean, he kept he he kept KD in check for points in that game. He did. He played really tough defense in that game. And he made some threes, which is what the Bucks need. The Bucks need shooters around Giannis. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, DeMarcus Cousins just isn't that guy. I didn't have a problem with Boogie, but the the lack of defense is really what was getting me. I mean, I've said it multiple times, the entire reason that the Bucks are contenders and will continue to be contenders is because they play defense. When they need to, they can lock down. They, I mean, I've said it about Drew Holiday. He always finds a way to get that steal. Or Giannis will find a way to get that block. Or Middleton will jump a passing lane and, and get a steal. Like, the Bucks find a way to play good team defense. Sure, they give up, you know, the corner three at an alarming rate, but I'll give that shot up. If if that's what where you want to live, you shoot that. That's fine. That's I say I've said this a whole bunch of times. <clears throat> yeah. If you say a team shoots sixty percent in the restricted circle and thirty five percent from the three point line, and you give a team a hundred shots, that those thirty five threes are worth hundred and five points. Those sixty layups are worth one hundred and twenty. Think about that, man. I mean, that's that's you're saving points right there. I'm it's basic math. If Boogie would have just been a little bit better, I mean, he doesn't have to get all the blocks. I'm not asking him to block as many shots as Brooke did or whatever. If he could have just altered a few more shots and maybe made them miss a few more times, I would have been way more comfortable with us paying him that 1.4 million. But as Isaac pointed out, roster spot needed in the bio market. There's going to be a player or two. And nobody said we can't go back and get Boogie. 
Nobody said that John he can't Horst, come he didn't back. rule it out. John Horst didn't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why I said that. I was like, he didn't say we're not going to bring him back. So he could he, still end up on our team. He signed a 10-day with the Nuggets. Yep, I saw that. So that's a that's... weird weird spot for him, by the way. I would have never thought of Nuggets. <laughs> well, they just traded Bull Bull, so they're probably just looking for somebody to take some minutes from Jokic. That's a good point that I did not think about. That'll play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I will say is in this um, in this same breath, um, the Bucks did send a scout to the Kings Cavaliers game the other day. So, um, you know, maybe there's something in there. I don't know if it's going to be Kevin Love being bought out, if they're going to look at maybe like a Rashawn Holmes. I'm, I've heard some rumors that they might be interested in Wisconsin native Tyrese Halliburton. That would be a, a very interesting pickup. Um, he'd be. He'd be very similar to what Malcolm Brogdon did for the Bucks. He averages a little over 13 points, uh, (laughs) 6.9 assists, and he shoots about 44% on threes. So to me, Tyrese Halliburton would be a similar guy to what Malcolm Brogdon brought to the Bucks, um, which would be really, really interesting. Um, Isaac said they're saving the the roster spot for Dan Gazarich. I think he's like 95 now, so... Bro, I'll never forget his curly head against the freaking Hawks in the first round. And, like, what was that, like, 2010, dude? Oh, my God. The good old days, man. He didn't make it to 2010. He sure did. No. Was that 08 then or something? 09, maybe? Dude, he definitely played. He played in that, that Hawks series when we went seven, when they had Al Horford and all that. I remember he had a game one time. He was making like a hell of layups in like the third quarter or something. He was going crazy in one of those games. In Atlanta, too. He's 43. He's only 43, so maybe he could come back. <laughs> or Larry Sanders. <laughs> he was on the Bucks until the 2009-2010 season. And then he See? was with... 2009, then it was. He was going See, crazy one of those he only games. Played, he only played 32 games that season. So he must have got hurt or something. I remember. 10-day uh, Dan. Oh, that has a good Dude. ring to it. That's a good <laughs> ring to it. Dude, 2004-2005, he started all 81 games. What the hell? Averaged 7.3 points per game and 8 rebounds. <laughs> Bro, I still have... Uh... My team photo up there somewhere in that mess from the 05 team. Oh, my God. All the faces on there is crazy. I'm Just glad that how... I have a I have a 2013 or a 2014-2015 one from Giannis's rookie year. And it had um, Giannis, Middleton, Ursan. Um, it had Larry Sanders on it. Zaza. Like, oh, I hate Zaza now. But ugh. I hate him ever since you did that dirty thing to Kawhi Leonard. He yeah. Put his, he put his foot under there. Come on, man. I know he put that thing under yeah. there on purpose. Don't let don't let him tell you that he didn't. He's a dirty son of a bitch. I used to love Andrew Bogut though. Dude, Andrew Bogut was awesome. He's yeah, I enjoyed Andrew Bogut. I think he kind of signaled a little bit of the start of the rebuild for the Bucks. That was when they went back to red and green. Yeah. That was the year they drafted Andrew Bogut. Um it was some rough years in there. So we're not we're not in two thousand 10 2013 territory when we're winning 15 games a year. I went to a lot of Bucks games those years, though, man. That's because it those... was only like five dollars to go because nobody wanted to go. I could do it. I was buying freaking slices of za, dude. Man, oh, good times. I was sitting like 
eight rolls knots. from the floor, man. Oh man, I was sitting in the box seats. I got we got free box seats one time, man. Oh, that was awesome. Good times, man. They gave you like free beer up there. It was crazy. What were you like? Twelve? No, dude. I, <laughs> this was this was in the thirteenth season. I was twenty one or twenty two. I don't know math, but yeah, it was awesome. I got dude. They give you like free food up there, right? So like, I asked for a steak. So I had steak and potatoes while watching a basketball game. That shit was lit. Your first meal was free. That was awesome. All right. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the Bucks Raptors game? Um, no, we need to play better defense. I need to cut down the turnovers. Okay, so we talked about Demarcus Cousins. Is there <laughs> anything you want to say about Demarcus Cousins? Demarcus Cousins, no, Demarcus Cousins. Okay, Bucks Nets. What do you want to say about that game? The one, Bucks, the one bright spot that we have to talk about. This game right here, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I know that we lose the next two games after this, and we lost the one before this. But this right here, beating the Nets in Brooklyn is what still shows me that we are still the top dog in the Eastern Conference. Even though everybody wants to crown that the Bulls are playing the best. Everybody's talking about the Bulls now on ESPN. We play them pretty soon, okay? Oh, I can't wait yeah. till we play them. Dude, the Bulls are so annoying. They needed back-to-back buzzer beaters to beat the Pelicans and the Pacers. Yeah, I know. But Giannis balled out in this game. Middleton balled out in this game, 26-5. Giannis, 31-7-9. Bobby – we didn't have Drew Holiday. Bobby Portis, 25-12. He had 20-9 at halftime. He was going crazy. Monster. He was shooting heat checks and cashing them. Here's the thing that I really took away from this game. Giannis only played 27 minutes. Still put up that 31-7-9, right? Kevin – dude, the Nets rely so much on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, yeah. 29, 9, and 7. And Durant's great. Don't get me wrong. But he played 37 minutes. Like 10 Dude, more the minutes. Bucks, the Bucs did a really good job of attacking Durant, getting him into early foul trouble, too. So he had to play cautious, too. That's a Jay- that's a strategy for the playoffs right there. Oh, yeah. I will go right at him, too. Get him in foul James trouble. James Harden, 36 minutes. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. He shot 6 of 15. 1 of 3 <laughs> on 3-pointers. He used to shoot three 3-pointers three a, a quarter. Three of them, a quarter. Yeah. And now, because he can't do that that little floppy stuff, he can't do that no more. Now mm-hmm. he really has to play basketball. He's still a good playmaker. He's still a pretty good he's, rebounder for a guard. He's become but a point guard and not a He really guard. is. He really is. And Kyrie is the, is the shooting guard. That's really yeah, how I feel about that. that. But he wants to handle the ball like a point guard. So they basically yeah. have two point guards now. Still only one basketball, though. The thing that I took away from this, <clears throat> we held them to 6 of 27 on three-pointers. Like very good perimeter defense. I mean, we both shot 45% overall. We rebounded the ball the same. Assists were pretty much even. Our superstars were more efficient than their superstars, and that's really the breakdown that I got out of this. <clears throat> so I watched this entire game. I watched it really closely. Um, at one point, Bobby Portis was on a 10-0 run, and then he missed a dunk. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> kind of unlucky, but it happens. Um, <clears throat> Wesley Matthews and Chris Middleton were playing really good defense to start the game on Kevin Durant and uh, James Harden. They were switching. Um, Middleton just couldn't get some shots to fall. He had a lot of shots, like hit both sides of the rim and bounce out. Just really unfortunate. But um, once once he got back from halftime, he turned it on. Looking at the first half, <clears throat> the Bucks were moving the ball really well. I already mentioned they were trying to get KD in foul trouble. That is a playoff strategy. You get Kevin Durant in foul trouble. He can't play 50 minutes in a game that goes to overtime. 
the like the last few minutes of the second half, the Bucks kept a, a double digit lead in a lot of this game, but uh, a lineup of Langston Galloway, Thanasis Adenakumpo, Jordan Wara, um, Rodney Hood, and Mamu kept pace with the Brooklyn starters for like the last four minutes of the first half. I mean, Mamu stripped James Harden at one point. Mamu was working really hard in this game, which was encouraging to see. Um, but I mean, <laughs> the Bucks got actually good bench scoring, which is something that they did not get in the next two games. So it was good to see like all hands on deck, like Jake said earlier before we started talking about the Bucks playing up to their competition. That's what it really felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Middleton kept his his bounce back uh, going, his bounce back week going. Um, I kind of feel bad for Nick Claxton. Like he seems like he's got some potential, but he's a really young guy. And like the first three quarters of the game, like was just Kevin Durant and James Harden yelling at him. Like I get, you know, they're they're competitive players and they want you to do, you know, everything you're supposed to do all the time. But I mean, like coach your guy. Like don't just like that's we saw Giannis and Chris at times last year where it looked like they're kind of bickering on the sidelines, but they're talking basketball. They're not just yelling at each other. That's that just it rubbed me the wrong way about Katie and Harden that they're just yelling at their guy. You, you especially can tell a young the difference. Guy. You could tell and the difference when it's <clears throat> constructive. Right. right. So I kind of felt bad for Claxton. He ended up having a good fourth quarter though. So never mind. I don't feel bad for him anymore. <laughs> I like Claxton too. He can be a good player. Yeah. So one thing I got to say about Giannis is um, he's doing really, really well at recognizing when he's driving to the basket, whether he's going up either side of the lane mm-hmm. is recognizing when he's going to get double or triple teamed and using that pullback dribble and shooting the elbow jumper. He's doing really, 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 really well recognizing when to use that pullback dribble and shoot the jump shot. So I want to give Giannis credit for that. And then late in the game, he made a, a just a sick no-look pass to Bobby Portis in the corner for a three. And the Nets called a timeout and waved the white flag. Yep, that iced the game right there. <laughs> it did. Uh, that was awesome to see. And that was just a play after he got dunked on by Claxton. So, you know, Giannis stays focused and three counts for more than two. I don't care. That's what shot blockers do. Every shot blocker is going to get dunked on once in a while. So don't act like it doesn't happen. Everybody that blocks shots. Everybody goes crazy. And every, everybody that gets dunked, like every time he gets dunked on, he's going to block like 13 shots before it happens again. Right. I agree with that. So that's why like anytime I see somebody get dunked on, like I give you credit for at least contesting the shot. Right. Because it's worth the same two points that he would have got if, you know, if he just had the wide open (laughs) dunk. And, you know, if you get the block, that's, that's just crazy. I mean, Giannis did it in the finals. He did. I would rather have you at least contest it than, um, you know, than just giving up a wide open shot. So it happens. <clears throat> it does. I'm not upset with it. I love that Giannis, you know, and we brought this up mocking people saying Brett Favre, but Giannis always plays with heart. He never gives up on any play. So that's one thing that I'll always love about him, I think. And we, we talked about it, what was it, two weeks ago, where like I believe that Giannis is the best weak side shot blocker in the NBA. 
That's very possible. Dude, I mean, he, he especially when Brook is in so there so quickly. He recovers so quickly to play like the plays that are happening behind him. I know um, it's, it's it's crazy. <clears throat> James, I don't want to jinx it, but the Predators have not lost in 2022 yet. Um, they haven't. They won in overtime last night. Um, so question and answer is here. Okay. Two questions I have to ask you. One is strictly about Giannis, and one is about Giannis and the rest of the team. Okay. So. Question number one, do you feel, without looking it up, do you feel like Giannis is a better three-point shooter? Yes. Okay. I ask you this question because Giannis is shooting 28% on three-pointers this season, which is lower than he did the last two years. I feel like he's taking – see, that's where numbers lie. This is where This is where I get people. This I have one reason lie. why I would answer yes to that question too, but I will. Let I you think talk he's about taking it. better three-point shots. He's not just hucking them up. Plus, you know, like when so this is uh, kind of story time. When I'm with my stepson, right, and I see him shoot it, and his elbow's way out here, and he's doing all this weird stuff. I'm like, no, you gotta shoot it like this. Put your elbow in. Put your knees like this. Stand like this, and he'll struggle for a little bit, right? But I'm like, just get that motion down. And then he'll start making a few, start making a few, and then he'll go back. And I'm like, nope, you got to keep that elbow in. You got to keep your feet like this. He's taking better shots, and he's just he's getting that down, right? He's staying right here all day. That's why I think he's a better three-point shooter. I think in the long run, it'll benefit him better. The other reason that I think, confidence. Okay, okay. He's shooting the three with confidence. He's seen the ball go in at a couple you know, crucial times. He's, you know, he's made some dribble pull-up threes. So I feel that he's shooting the three-pointer with more confidence as well, and that's why it feels like he's shooting the three better, even though he's about 2% behind what he was the last two years. Okay, what's the next one? I'm ready. All right, so this question, I'm going to start with asking it by asking it about Giannis, but it applies to the whole team. How do you feel about Giannis dribbling the basketball? I think... It gets him in trouble. I think that's when te- when we get in trouble. I think the Bucks are better. Man, we've seen this so many times. And we just talked about the Nets, right? And me and you talked about it all playoffs, especially against the Nets. When they would get stagnant and they would go on their long droughts is when they would do all their one-on-one bullshit. I don't want to see that. I like the Bucks better when they're doing motions and handing the ball off and everybody's moving. And that's where, you know, mainly – I think the person that gets in trouble the most that way is Middleton because Middleton is a very big rhythm it's, person, right? And as as far as comparisons go, comparing Jordan War to Chris Middleton, that is a parallel that they have, unfortunately. Yeah, I th- I think that Middleton plays much better in the flow of the game when he's running a play and he's running around a screen, or he gets the ball off an extra kick and then he'll make the three pointer, and you're like, yes, Chris, good shit. So, what I want to say is the this is the whole team that supplies to everybody on the team outside of maybe Drew Holiday and George Hill is you need to dribble with purpose. Yep. There's so much dribbling going on that just just doesn't need to be happening and it's it's like just guys dribbling the ball off their legs or you know just getting their you know getting their pockets picked. It's just so much unnecessary dribbling that if if you can't accomplish what you need to do in three dribbles or less, pass the ball. That's that's how I'm feeling now. Because 
I mean, Giannis, it doesn't take him five dribbles to get to the basket. No. It takes him one and two steps or two dribbles and two steps or even one dribble and a gather step and two steps, which is not a travel. People complain about that, but it's not a travel. Uh, Middleton. He he does his dribble crossover. He doesn't need to do you know seven dribbles for that. He can do two dribbles, a fake move, a between the legs crossover, and pull up. He doesn't need to dribble the ball for fifteen seconds. It just doesn't. The, the turnovers is the issue that I keep having with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and a lot. It's it's not bad passing that creates their turnovers. It's occasionally it's careless passing, but that's that's a far rarer issue than just turning the ball over by dribbling too much. Dribbling definitely becomes an issue. I agree with that. So that was my other question that I had to ask you about. Um, moving into the two Hornets games, are there anything you want to talk about with those games? It's it's awkward to talk about because the biggest issues in these games, we know why they were the biggest issues. Well, I guess I'll break them down both real quick. Well, kind of what I saw. Um. The first game, Giannis was the man. I mean, we saw that. When you have 40, 12, and 3, you're pretty much the shit, right? Uh, Middleton played well. Bobby played good. But the thing that happened in this game that I was telling everybody about, they were on the back end of a back-to-back. The young guys that are not used to that, their legs were not going to be there. Nawara struggled. 1 of 11 uh, and... overall, 1 of 6 from 3, he struggled. His legs were not there all night. The Bucs were still close because, you know, guys like Giannis and Middleton, like I said, they're veterans. They know how to prepare their body. They know how it's going to feel. They were able to perform under that. You come into the game on Monday. Um, Giannis is still the man. Middleton played well. But the thing that really killed us, and Nawara had a bounce-back game. I wanted to give him credit after I said he played bad. But he played very well in the second one. Um, Pat Connaughton, uh, bad game. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, bad game. They both were two of the worst players. And Terry Rozier just continues to haunt the Bucs. He had 28 in the first game. He had 27 in this next one. Lon, uh, Ball, Lamella Ball, also had 23. Bridges had 17-11 in this last game. Uh, just just the lack of bench scoring really kind of hurt us. Uh, lack of guard, uh, productive guard play kind of hurt us. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to Giannis. He killed Charlotte. He has 109 points in three games for Charlotte this year. That's 36.3 points per game versus Charlotte. So if we see Charlotte and we have all of our pieces, Giannis is going to shit on them is what I'm Bucks understanding. Bucks and five if they play in the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs is just a whole different animal, whole different, you know. And like you said before, we don't even have Budenholzer right now. So some things will be changing. Not that I have a problem, but it's just um, bench play. And one thing I will say as far as the Budenholz or Darvin Ham thing goes is uh, the Bucks kind of struggled running plays out of timeouts. Yeah. That is actually one of the things that Budenholzer is the best at in the NBA. I'm not making this up. That's a real statistic that out of play, uh, out of timeouts, Budenholzer yeah. is one of the best. I believe that. Um, and, you know, not having Drew, George, Grayson, Dante, Pat, none of those guys against a team that runs a lot of their stuff through two guards. Like you, <laughs> that'd be all right. That would be like playing. 
Let's see. What's a really run-heavy offense in the... The 49ers? The Browns? Uh, like Michigan State. Like, they're a really run-heavy offense. Okay. Like, their running back's probably going to be like a, like a one and two, like first and second rounder. That's like them going up against the Badgers without any of our starting linebackers. Like what they do is going to succeed because we don't have the guys that prevent those things from working. Like that's, very this, true. that's similar to just the Packers playing against the lions. Like we saw what it looks like without Devondre Campbell in the middle. It's Oren Burks and it sucks. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Going against two, like a good, really, really good, a really, really good guard combo in LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. And, you know, LaMelo Ball being the really talented player and Rozier being the experienced guy without Drew Holiday. I, that's, I don't understand why people are complaining so badly like we're not going to be a, a playoff contender because we're losing without starters. Right. I mean, and that's that's even without Pat Connaughton and Dante DiVincenzo. Not, I mean... People just got to chill out. People got to step back with the Packers and the Bucks. Just step back and take a big picture approach here. The Bucks are in a similar position record-wise where they were last year at this time. And that last year's Bucks team didn't deal with nearly the absence that this year's Bucks team is dealing with. Not True. even close. True. Like Drew missed, I think, like two weeks last year at one point. Yeah, with being on the COVID list. Nope. I mean, Middleton wasn't out for 15 games last year. Giannis didn't miss a bunch of games in the middle of last season. They weren't without Brooke Lopez for two and a half months. Like, this is not the same. And meanwhile, they're still in a similar position. They were record-wise. And they just beat the Nets on Friday night. Yeah, they played against a, a Hornets team. That's They're an upstart team. They're exciting to watch. Yeah, it's fun getting dunks and stuff. They lost the second game by four points. When yeah, Dante and, a... and Pat Connaughton shot 0 for 14. Yeah, bad. And the Bucks lost by 4. Without they'll, Drew Holiday. They'll be just fine. The Bucks will be just fine. Yeah. So that's why I said I want to dig into some context here, and I just want to mention a couple things. The first game, you, you mentioned the young guys. Um, the first game, the Hornets ran some zone. And there was one possession where Jordan Wara was running the point, and he kind of just dribbled the ball, dribbled the ball, dribbled the ball, looked at Giannis. They didn't try to go high post at all. And then he passed to Mamu, and he shot a contested three with like 16 seconds on the shot clock. Like, that's that's a, a thing where, like, I would like to see Darvin Ham just take them both out of the game right there. Yeah. Like, that's just bad basketball. And sit him uh, down and be like, you can't do that. That's, you know, we're playing a zone defense. You beat a zone by moving the ball, not by yep. dribbling for 15 seconds and then shooting a contested three. Yeah. Um, Chris Middleton has been a bright spot. Um, in the last four games, he's he's really bouncing back nicely. Um, the last four <laughs> games, he's averaging 25, 7, and 7. So Chris Middleton is bouncing back. Um, I had the goal for him to get to 50, 40, 90. Um before the all-star break. So it is encouraging to see Chris Middleton um, bouncing back. Um, I mean, we need, we need Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. That's basically where we're at. The floaters, that was something that not only 
uh, LaMelo Ball talked about in his post-game stuff, but as I've seen people asking it on Facebook, like, what are the Bucks going to do to contest floaters? That's Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is the answer to that question. He blocks two and a half shots a game, but he also contests those floaters. We talked about that when we talked about DeMarcus Cousins. Contesting those floaters, just making them harder, making mm-hmm. them not look like practice reps. That's that's what they need to do. Um, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, give him a little bit of time. It, it might be ugly for a couple games, but just give them some time to get their legs back under them. Um, <clears throat> looking forward uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is a measuring stick game. It'd be I nice like it. to have some guys back. Uh, it sounds like Grayson Allen's going to be back. Um, Budenholzer is trending in the right direction was what was said today. Um, likely not going to have George Hill and Drew Holiday. So what I want to say is if Curry goes nuts tomorrow night, and say the Bucks lose by 10, please don't freak out. Please don't freak out. We're, we're not going to have our top two point guards against a team with one of the best point guards in the league and our MVP candidate. And, and now Clay they're – And now, yeah, I was going to say, and now they're healthy. Um, I don't know if Draymond Green's going to play or not, but even that being said, they have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and yeah. we don't have Drew Holiday and George Hill. I agree. So, I mean, it'll be good for it'll be good for Grace and Dante and Pat to get some experience because this is what's going to be like if they meet the Nets in the playoffs and they're playing against James Harden and Kyrie Irving. It's going to be a duo yep. of, of shooting and dribbling. You know, you need to be able to contain that. So, um, it'll be good for them to get a little bit of extra experience. But don't freak out and crown the Golden State Warriors if they win this game and say the Bucks are going to be one and done in the playoffs if they lose it. This is a game in mid-January where we're not healthy. Yeah. Just take a step back and consider big picture. I think you, uh, I think you worded it perfectly. I am looking forward to that game. Um, it's going to be a good game. Curry versus Giannis is always exciting. You have a guy pulling yeah. up from 50 feet, and you have another guy who dunks on 50 people at one time. So that's just a great combo for an exciting it game. takes two steps to go 50 feet. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, uh, the Bucks play the Raptors again on Saturday. Yep. Maybe they can force Fred Van Vliet to have a bad shooting game for once. Um, <laughs> it would be nice. And then, then Monday they play in Atlanta against an underachieving Hawks team. On national um, television again. That's It's really surprising what the Hawks are doing this year, and not in a good way. Well... They changed the rules, and now you can't do all this little floppy stuff. And... Dude, I told you when they changed this rule, Trey Young was going to be the second most affected player by that. Because it's I told bad. you during the the, the Bucks-Hawks series last year, the Trey, Hung, Trey Young was reminding me of James Harden. Yeah, he did all that little floppy extra stuff. and All the, the head jerking. Like, oh, that drives me insane. That Yeah, that's, that's hard to watch. Man. That yeah. and then in the finals, Devin Booker's chicken wing. That was the other Man. thing. He was the guy that I said was going to be the third most affected by it. I couldn't believe they let him get that thing even with his shoulder. Like he had that sucker up here. Dude, one James time. Harden got that against the Bucks. Middleton got an and like a and one called against him when Harden put his shoulder into Middleton. It's like what? Are, what is he doing? That's James Harden <laughs> initiating that contact. Right. So even know. though that rule has changed, what they should have just named the James Harden rule. He's still up to like eleven free throws a game. He's not shooting twenty like he was with Houston, but. Um, he's still getting to the line. 
here's my question. <coughs> I guess I'm going to pose a question to you. Okay. You know, usually in the playoffs, they usually ref a little differently. They let more contact go in the playoffs, right? Yep. <clears throat> Since they changed the rule and they've been refing differently in the in the regular season, how physical is it going to get in the playoffs? It's going to be it's going to be great television. It really it's is. It's going to be awesome to watch. Um, I like it because what it does is by blowing the whistle less, it makes it more about the players and less about the officiating. That's like that's that. what. That's what the NBA needs. Honestly, the NFL needs a little bit of it too, but it's been aside from a couple really bad things here and there, they're they're letting some stuff go. Like I think it was like the middle of the third quarter before there was a flag in the Packers Lions game the other day. So Yeah, that was a pretty clean game. I I appreciate that it becomes more about the players and less about the officiating. So I do like that. So I do appreciate that. Um I'm just I'm trying to take my time and pace myself with this season because like you said it's middle of January we're not going to see anything I mean I'm looking forward to that Bulls game I hope we're going to have holiday back for that I think we will by the time that comes around it's yep. not till next Friday first so that's nine more days so yeah, next Friday. he should be back by then but yeah I'm really looking forward to that Bulls game I hope we can just smack them around for a little bit to be like yeah we're still here okay yeah. we still win this thing okay yeah. the East runs through Milwaukee I'm excited about that. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the Bucks? Nah, man. I mean, our number one goal when we did our goals was just get healthy, and that's still ringing true. Um, yeah, I'll have to check on the Bucks record when we get to the All Star break because um, we did a we did a record uh, a record goal. So we'll see how the Bucks do uh, between now and the All Star break. And then the other thing we have to pay attention to right now is is keep an eye on trades. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's going to happen for every comment I saw about saying, why didn't we cut Semi Ojale or Rodney Hood or Thanasis instead of DeMarcus Cousins? Those guys' contracts were all guaranteed. That's why those guys weren't cut. And as far as the Semi Ojale hate goes, like you got to calm down on it a little bit. I get he's shooting really poorly, but he's he played some tough defense in that Nets game, and he hasn't been healthy at all. He hasn't had any chance to find his role on this team. Dude. It bothers me when people are are so crazy on Ojale because you just brought up his defense, right? Nobody talked shit about P.J. Tucker last year when he was shooting one of nine. You want to yep. know why? He was locking people down. Yeah. That's, we literally said it, you know, in the beginning of the year. Semi Ojale is a Walmart version of P.J. Tucker. He's got the yep. same body size. He's strong, low to the ground, and he just prevents you from getting to the rim. That's really what yep. his job is, getting easy layups, make him earn that shit. You know, we're talking about defense on KD in that Nets game. Right, dude. We're not just going to let KD go crazy and do what he wants to do. We're going to force KD to move the ball. So, <clears throat> so between Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood, it doesn't pay to cut them. You might as well hold on to them because you're paying them anyways. Yeah. Basically, you're going to hold on to them and see if they can contribute. If not, they won't play in the playoffs. If yep. not, they'll be trade fillers to make money work. Like they're not going to get cut just because they don't play well. It's unfortunate when they don't play well, but it's nice when they contribute anything. But those guys' contracts are guaranteed. They're not getting cut for no reason. Um, like I said, I think they're going to end up being trade filler to make money work. But 
if they, you know, if they continue playing poorly, they're just not going to play in the playoffs. That's just the reality of what it is. But they have to play now because we don't have guys healthy. So you brought up that Bucks sent people to watch that Kings and Cavs game. Yep. What if they were interested in Jared Allen? I would love if they were interested in Jared Allen. I, I'll go look right now to see what his contract is. But <clears throat> I would not, I would absolutely love that. Now that's a guy that fits with the Bucks. It's not like I, he's going crazy spreading the floor or anything, but he protects the damn paint. Yes, he does. At the end I mean, of the day, that's literally the only thing I care about. <clears throat> I would say I would say Kevin Love fits with the Bucks too, just because I think his shooting would fit in well. Mm-hmm. Um but I will let me look up. Cavaliers. Jared Allen is making $20 million this year. Uh, That's, yeah, I thought he was kind of up there in cap, but um, Kevin Love is too. Obviously, if Kevin Love were to be available, it would have to be in bio. But um, That's kind of tough to get him then, huh? It would have to be, it would have to be probably Brooke, Dante, Semi, and Rodney Hood. And Jordan War, it'd probably have to be like a five-player package, unless you're going to do Brooke Lopez, Dante, and George Hill. Uh, but they did just trade for Rondo to have another guard to go with with um, right. Darius Garland, so they have Rondo there. I I I just don't think it's going to be Jared Allen. I think the Cavaliers kind of want to build around him because he's young. But if they were to find a way to pull that off, I would love that. Um, That'd be sick. As far as trading for a young center goes, I do think Miles Turner is a better option. Um, he's slightly more affordable, and I think he's more available. Is the thing there? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bucks try to grab Mitchell Robinson or Nerlens Noel from the Knicks because the Knicks are terrible, so they have all the reasons in the world to be sellers. Um, no, they're like on the fringe of the playoffs, so they're like, you know, oh what? yeah, we're gonna get in the play-in game as a nine seed. Okay, cool. yeah, have, have fun with that. Like if they, <sighs> I mean, Norland's Noel is pretty inexpensive, so having him as a stopgap um, until Brooke Lopez is back, and then just having him back up Brooke Lopez in the playoffs as a defensive center, I'm cool with that. So I would be, I'd be okay with the Bucks went and got Norland's Noel. Um, I think the Kings are starting to like. Um, Rashawn Holmes a little bit too much, so I don't think he's going to be a guy the Bucks can go for. So Tristan Thompson, maybe Tristan. I mean, maybe, but I don't think he's ever really been that strong of a defender either. He can rebound the damn ball. He though. can he rebound can cl- though. I clean mean, damn glass. <clears throat> he can block a shot here or there. He alters. He's maybe, good at altering shots. Maybe Chevale McGee, but I think the Suns are probably going to want to keep their depth at the center position, especially um, the Bucks exposed DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs last year in the finals. So they're going to probably want to hold on to their center depth. I mean, I'm not sure where else you really look for a, a center. John Horse will find him, man. I, I think I would like to see Nerlens Noel. I think that would be a good fit for the Bucks. What about Mo Bamba? Mo Bamba would be a good one. I like that one. Um, what the hell? The Magic are literally the Detroit Lions of the NBA. They are. And it's They're getting some better play with their guards. Like Cole Anthony looks good, but... Um, He's got a freaking play, though, man. That guy never plays. If we could steal Jonathan Isaac from the Magic, that'd be cool. I think they're probably a little bit higher. I think they're probably a little bit higher on him than they are on Mobamba, but uh, that would be awesome if we could 
steal them or steal him from them if they had a bad GM moment. <laughs> They've had plenty of those. Like I said, they're like the Lions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe this is something we can talk about more in the future about some potential trade targets. But yeah. um, as far as availability and cost go, uh, Miles Turner is probably still at the top of my list. And I think Nerlens Noel would, as far as an availability standpoint and a fit and cap go, um, I think Nerlens yeah. Noel is the other guy that I would want to consider. I'm with that. I guess we'll have to see what Horst comes up with, man. He's not going to stand still. That's we can no. guarantee you that he's not standing definitely still. not, definitely not. All right. Anything else you want to talk about the Bucks? Nah, man. All right. This is probably probably the brightest spot we have to to discuss about today is the Badgers basketball. So let's start with the Iowa game. And what did you see from the Badgers and Hawkeyes game? Well, I saw some good basketball. I know that. Um, I saw in the country in that game. uh, You did. uh, Keegan Murray. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to him, man. That guy's a stud. He's only a sophomore, just like Johnny Davis. Even though Iowa's not ranked, that's still a good win because you're playing against a very, very talented player in Keegan. Yes, and Wisconsin and Iowa games are always close. I know we were we led by 23 at one point in this game, but Iowa found a way to, to scratch and claw and get it to nine. But uh, all five starters for the Badgers were in double digits. So, you know, we talked about our goals, you know, just like we did for the Bucks, We did that for the Badgers. And we talked about, you know, finding that third star, uh, getting better shots. You know, I think they've they've really done both of those things. The third star has reappeared, and that is Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall has shown his face and remained aggressive while still being able to set up for others, which I really love. Yes, yeah. He's, he's playing the way that we hoped he could play when we did a primer for the Badgers. Tyler Wall, I think I love Tyler Wall just like I love Pat Connaughton because – I know what their abilities are, and I know how important they are to the team. Like, Pat Connaughton always finds a way to dive on the floor or grab a rebound when we need or, a rebound or, or hit he a hits the three. three. Right. Tyler Wall's that guy, like, he'll, he'll find a way to, like, play that really good defense or pass to the guy right at the right time or make the layup. Like, those guys are so important to our team's success, so that's why I think I love them so much. I fell in love with Tyler Wall Davis, during man. his, like, five-game stretch last season where he was just going crazy. Right. I think that's what you know, I fell in love with Tyler Wall. You know the thing that I really love from this game that does not involve scoring? I loved that Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall were defending. I mean, and they were going against Keegan Murray. I just said that kid is a stud. He's an absolute stud written yep. all over him. <clears throat> they were defending without fouling for the first time, I think, all goddamn year. You know, we just got out of the dang Purdue game where three guys, two of them were those two. They just fouled out of that game, and then they only they each only had two fouls in this game, going against one of the best scorers in the whole country, not just the Big Ten. So them defending without fouling is something that I really found impressive, and that I wanted to key on that for this portion. That's a that's a really good thing to look at for this game. For me, uh, we've talked about basketball being a game of runs, and mm-hmm. this game absolutely embodied that. Oh, yeah. Like the Badgers went on like a 9-0 run, and then Iowa went on like an 8-0 run. Um, This game really, really embodied the game of runs. Um, One of the other things that Jake and I talked about is wanting to see other scoring contributions. We wanted to see the Badgers raise that 66 points a game. Now they're scoring in the 80s. I mean, the the Maryland game, they only ended up scoring 70, but this game they scored 80, what, 87? Mm -hmm. 87 Um, to 78. So 
So Badger's getting that scoring up. Jake already mentioned all five guys in double figures in the starting lineup, but Brad Davison, six for 11. Uh, Stephen Crowell, six for eight. Tyler Wall, six for seven. And then on top of that, Jonathan Davis led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in addition to all those guys contributing. Yeah, monster. <laughs> <clears throat> so Johnny Davis at 26, nine, and five. I mean, that's a it's a good Badgers win right there to beat a, a conference opponent. And, yeah, I mean, I can't really ask for anything more from the Badgers out of that game. This is our only meeting with Iowa this year, so that was a good win for us. Iowa-Wisconsin games are always close. Football, basketball, it doesn't matter. They're always very competitive. We recruit the same people. I mean, we're all going against, going for the same players. I mean, Iowa's been a pretty good school, too. Let's be honest. They put a lot of people in the NFL. They put some people in the NBA from time to time. I mean, they just put Garza. Yeah, Garza, yep. Looks pretty bad in the NBA right now, but he's still in the NBA. But, you know, Iowa-Wisconsin, that's a pretty good rivalry, I think. A little underrated rivalry, in my opinion. Sure. All right. So, talking about a game that's really not a rivalry, but Badgers and Maryland. Um, Maryland's only been in the Big Ten for a few years, a handful of years. But Mm -hmm. what did you see from the Badgers and Maryland game? Uh, This was a a nice, hard-fought, Big Ten road win. This was definitely one of those where you go on the road and it was just, you know, you're like the Indiana game. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in a big time conference because you're going against a team that's like not ranked and they're not super good, but you've got to fight and claw to get this win. The craziest part for me is that Johnny Davis wasn't our leading scorer in this game. Tyler Wall was our leading scorer in this game. He He was the man all game. He played really, really well uh, after we won this game. Uh, pushed our win streak to five. So that's yep. very nice, very impressive. Uh, took two things away. So in the Iowa game, we had four bench points. In the Maryland game, we had seven bench points. That's still a cause for concern for me. If they could get some bench production, this team could really, really be something. I mean, you have the the leader now for the Player of the Year award and Johnny Davis. You're getting contributions now from your other starters I mean, we're scoring Steven in the paint. Crowell is coming along well. He is. He is. He actually hit a really, really big clutch three in this Maryland game. But the last thing that really is concerning me is we're still only averaging 10.7 assists per game. I would really like to get that up around, I don't know, 14, 15. You start moving the ball a little bit more, get more people involved. <clears throat> Maybe that could help with the bench scoring as well. I don't know what has to be fixed there, but something. So I, I'm going to talk about that. I'll come back to that. Um, I do sure. want to say uh, Johnny Davis early in this game had a block, walked up, hit a three. I mean, the three-point shooting is coming along. Chucky Hepburn hit a three early in this game. Stephen Crowell hit threes early and late. Um, the Badgers need to work on playing against zone defense. Um, mm-hmm. I think Greg Gard should put a clinic on how to screen his own defense and then how to pass against his own defense just to keep the ball moving. Um, they were doing well early in this game, forcing Maryland to one and duns not giving up second chances. Um, Davison was playing tough defense. That's what got them out to a big lead. The other thing that got them out to a big lead was getting paint touches. Greg Gard talked a lot about that in his post game, talked about they needed to keep getting the ball in the paint. They went away from that late in the first half and early in the second half, and that's what let their entire lead go away. Mm-hmm. There was so much dribbling, one-on-one forcing shots. I mean, just contested shots, dribbling just to dribble. We just talked about that with the Bucks. We want to see guys dribbling with purpose. Jake just mentioned he wants to see the ball moving more. 
This is, I think, why they're so low in assists is because it's pass the ball into the paint, five dribbles with your back to the basket. If you don't get an open jump hook, ball goes back out to Johnny Davis or Brad Davison, and they try to get a shot one-on-one. And I can't fault that because Johnny Davis has been so dang good this year. But eventually that might end up being our downfall when he's that's, not that's making not a That's not a tournament-winning strategy, unfortunately. Yeah. That's that's how you lose a five twelve matchup. Yeah, which they're predicted to be a five seed right now. <laughs> um, so that's you know as far as your wanting to see the the assist numbers go up, mm-hmm. um, I personally don't think it's going to happen because they want to get those paint touches, and that's it's not a, a necessarily a knock on the Badgers. It's just the way they play. Um, yeah. Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell are back to the basket guys. It's so it's going to be a handful of dribbles and then Tyler wall. He's great with his footwork. He's great at pump faking to get guys off their feet. He's really good at using his shoulder to shield the ball uh, to get those, to get those shots up in the paint and he's making them now. So he's had a really good, a really good stretch of games here. And you know, this, that was his career high against Maryland. Just 21 points. That was his career high. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Badgers, they're just, they're a back to the basket team. And if that doesn't work, then they're a lot of isolation with Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. That's unfortunately it's kind of their identity, and it's it's not sexy. It's not, but it's it's getting them wins at least. So I mean, have that. If I could take something away from that, at the very least, at least they're playing at a faster pace, so they're getting the ball up the floor and they're trying to they're get some early shots. offense. So getting more shots too is important. It's not like last year years prior to this where they're just they're dribbling it up and they're throwing it in the paint and they're just kind of letting it happen. We're pushing the ball up the floor, seeing if we can get an easy layup or a good good look at a three point shot. Or Johnny and then Davis if, can jam on somebody. Yeah. I mean and if that doesn't work, <laughs> then they pull it out. And then I like the uh, I like that we have a an identity in the half court offense. That's something that the Bucks have struggled with in the past. So what I would like to see from the Badgers to this conversation, I'd like to see the Badgers run some pick and roll. I would because love that. I, they're not going to be running any pick and pop. I can tell you that because Tyler Wall no. still hasn't made a three point of the season. I know <laughs> he was all for one last game. <laughs> Stephen Crowell, he's he's okay. I mean, he can hit a three here and there. So I guess I'm not opposed to Tyler to Stephen Crowell running some pick and pop. What's the pick and roll? You have guys you want to get the ball to in the paint. You run a pick and roll with Johnny Davis. Both defenders are going with Johnny Davis. Nobody's leaving Johnny Davis by himself. And if they are, you're getting scored on. So that, you know, running some pick and roll with Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell could get them some open looks. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some pick and roll from the Badgers. And that's something that could easily put the assist numbers way through the roof, man. That's a guess. Easily. Um, Other than that, man, I mean, the Badgers, they play good defense this year. Iowa scored 78, but, I mean, holding Maryland to 69, that's a good number. Keep that. You keep teams around that. At 65, 69 area. Yeah, I'm not trying to make a joke. <laughs> you said it. You were like, There's not intended. Good... You said that. You're like, oh, it's 69. That's a good number. You said it. <laughs> it's not intended. I really meant that. It is a good number, though. I love that number. But anyways, <laughs> 69, 65. You keep teams David Bakhtiari. That. That's why we like it. You really, really give yourself a chance to win a lot of basketball games, especially with a guy like Johnny Davis who can just literally go crazy for 37. And that's, that's the thing. You just mentioned the 78 that the Iowa scored. Keegan Murray is 27 points of that. So yeah, that's a that, third of those points coming from one guy. That guy is a stud. You know, it's a good segue because I really wanted to say this today. Um, the Big Ten is just littered with 
Dude, monster talent. Big Ten dude. is loaded this year. Johnny Davis leading the way. He's on our team. Thank God for that. Keegan Murray, we've talked about him a bunch. The guy's a monster. The next Tomorrow game night. we play, yeah, we play Ohio State. EJ Liddell, that Watch guy is just a, for EJ Liddell. He is that guy's a, a freak. monster. Um, and then you go over to Indiana, and they got Tracy Jackson Davis. That guy's no slouch. I mean, there's just ultra talent all over. And a lot of them are big men. They're all 6'9 and above, except for Johnny Davis is the guard. And next week, the Badgers play Michigan State. I think it's next Thursday or next Friday, who are currently ranked 10th in the country. Yeah, yeah. they're currently and, ranked 10th in the country. And we all know that Michigan State has been a basketball school for however long, my entire life at least. And they just they just get talent. So we know they're going to have talent. They're obviously number 10 in the country, like Tyler said. Uh, Smushing between the Ohio State and the Michigan State <clears> game <throat> next Friday. They play Northwestern on Tuesday after Michigan State. I believe it is Nebraska. So if they could get through think, these three games right here. It might be Northwestern, then Nebraska, and then Michigan State. Uh, let I, me check. Was let me check. All right. Let me check. Let me check. But, you know, in that, um, actually right before the Badgers started the Maryland game the other day, um, Northwestern and Ohio State went down to the wire. So that was, you know, Northwestern played Ohio State tough. So they're going to play the Badgers tough, similar to what Jake was saying with the Badgers in Iowa. The Badgers in Northwestern, that's going to be a tough game. It's going to be that's, – that's one of those trap games, you know, where if the Badgers shoot poorly, Northwestern is going to want to come out and beat a team that's now number 13 in the country. Um, I said before this happened, after the Badgers beat Maryland, before the rankings came out, Jake was saying that the Bucks or the Badgers are going to be due for a big jump in the rankings. I said 15 and – and Jake's like, wow, that would be crazy. And they jumped up to 13. Obviously, that Purdue win is a is a big signature win. And now, tomorrow night, we're going to find out if the Badgers are the real deal or not. Um, it's not not to say that if the Badgers lose tomorrow night that they're, you know, they're done and they have no chance to do anything else. But looking at, like, the Maui Invitational, the Badgers have shown they can beat tough teams. Looking at Purdue... They, that's a top five opponent. That's a signature win on your season right there. Tough place to I play. guarantee you when we did record predictions in the preseason, uh, we did our primer. I guarantee you I had that one pegged as an L. Yeah, and the Badgers 100%. won that game. Yep. So I'd like to see the Badgers continue to play up to their competition and not play down to it when it comes to that Northwestern game. Yep. Um, and it the Nebraska game is after Michigan State. It's the okay. following Tuesday. And then the next game after that is until the next Sunday, and they play Minnesota. So Minnesota's got 10 wins right now. They're kind of weird, but. Uh, kind of fluky, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I mean, they play Ohio State. Ohio State's real. They got one of the best players in the we, country. We got two measuring state games coming tomorrow. And then. The Badgers and the Bucks. Yeah, that's going to be. I'm kind of pissed off, honestly. Because, you know, today. Okay, so usually Wednesdays, you know, it's my favorite day of the week because I do this and I love doing this. My best friend, I get to talk sports for a couple hours, get away from the family, just be myself. And then after, I give my girlfriend her time and we watch this show on MTV. And now, you know, I always had to like sure? I No, we used to watch The Challenge. <laughs> but um, The Challenge is an awesome you can, show. You can be honest if you watch Jersey Shore. I won't hold it against you. No, no, no. My girlfriend, no, she watches every <laughs> reality TV show of all time. And I'll come in, I'll be like, who the hell are these people? They're like, oh, whatever. I always had to, like, record Bucks games or watch them later on my Valley Sports app on my phone. And then, because they were playing at the same time, you know, at 7 o'clock when my show was going. 
And now that the show is finally over, now there's no damn Bucks games on Wednesdays. Come on, man. This is BS. Now they're going to be playing on national TV all the time, but it is what it is. I'm just upset that they're at the same time, too. Like, they're both at, like, 6 o'clock. Yeah, I think the Badgers play at 6, and the Bucks are at, like, 6.30, which is surprising yeah. that they're playing the Warriors and they're starting at 6.30. That's usually, like, a, a magic start time. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It is what it is. I'll play one on my phone and one on the TV, and then I'll try to focus on both of them and get cross-eyed, and, uh, and then I'll get pied cross-eyed next week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. I mean, is there anything else you want to throw out there this week? I mean, we, we don't have any Packers preview this week, so we won't have any Packers recap next week, but we'll have a preview next week. So we got that going for us. But um, um, definitely some measuring stick games coming up in the basketball world for Wisconsin. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just get the Bucks healthy. Hopefully they can, you know, get a win on national TV against the Warriors, kind of hush the haters a little bit. That would be nice. Um Kind of like what they did with the Nets game, and then they lost two in a row. But be nice to get things on track again. Maybe win three out of four or something weird like that. Get get back to winning ways. Hopefully the Badgers can continue winning. If they win the next three games and they beat Ohio State and they beat Northwestern, they beat Michigan State. This team is is going to be, be top ten. They will be top they, ten for sure. They will be damn close to top five. And I will go out there and I'll say that live. If if the Badgers win the next three which would be through next Friday. That'd be Saturday, Sunday. The rankings usually come out on Mondays. I would say the Badgers will be seventh. They'll be damn close to top five, though, and that would be crazy to think about. Then you start getting expectations, and then real pressure starts to come in. Yeah. We'll really find some stuff out. But um, playing Ohio State tomorrow, so hopefully they can get a win. And uh, next week I think we're going to talk a little bit more about playoffs because we'll – Probably see some crazy stuff this week. The first ever Monday night football playoff game doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that at all, to be honest with you. Really? I mean, you're in the playoffs. I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, you're in the playoffs. You don't want to, like, now they get, like, I guess it doesn't really affect them because they, they either get one less day or one more day. They'll probably play on Sunday either way. It's, but It's similar to playing on a Saturday. It's playing on a Monday and then a Sunday. It's They'll they'll make it so that there's six days in between. Oh, my. Oh, man. Look at James, man, I don't know. The bucket list, I got two things. Two things off the top of my head. I've always wanted to go to a Packers road game in Chicago and a Packers road game in Minnesota. I love being the villain for some reason. <clears throat> I did that once in Chicago. I went. James will appreciate this. I went to a Predators-Blackhawks game in Chicago, so everything there is red, white, and black, and I got a bright yellow P.K. Subban jersey on. That's pretty fire, actually. <laughs> It was kind of cool. It was weird because, like, uh, the Predators won the game 2-1. to one. So, the two goals that the Predators scored, it's silent in the arena. Obviously, there's no horns going off. <laughs> and it's me and, like, eight other people in the arena, like, standing up. Like, yeah, I see you two, two sections over. I see you. Like, <laughs> it's it's cool. It's fun. Um, it was <laughs> – Jay said Tyler was officially awesome. It should have been declared already. But, I mean <laughs> – But, I mean – I mean, the people around us were pretty cool. So, I mean, as as bad as some Chicago fans can be in person, they were pretty cool. So, um, I'd say if you went to a Packers-Bears game in Chicago, it should be a good experience. For me, I would like to sit courtside at a Bucks game. I would say that's a sports bucket list thing for me. I'd like to be courtside at a Bucks game. Um, this is a really, really specific thing that I'd really have to be in a certain position to play or to be in play for, but – um i'd like to catch a walk-off home run ball like that would be sweet um 
like if I were the person that caught Daniel Vogelbach's Grand Slam walk-off ball, like that would be like number one sports moment of the life for me. <laughs> I know both of our number one. I know both of our real number one. Our both of our number one bucket list is to make this our job to talk sports. That's that is, that's a really good one. That that's is really both of one. our number one. My number one. I don't want to have to wake up in the morning and be like, man, my body's going to hurt today. <laughs> I like waking up on Wednesdays, my favorite day, because, you know, I said I get to, I get to talk sports with my best friend. I want to wake up every day and just have to watch sports, and that's my freaking job because I do that for free right now. <laughs> hey, that's we got to thank Parker Johns. Parker Johns sponsored the show, so they're helping that's us true. out. That's Help true. us make a dream a reality. We just got to keep that going and, and graduate. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Said, I mean, I, we're we're no Pat McAfee show getting three year, hundred and twenty million dollar deals with FanDuel, but I mean, we're starting off somewhere. They also had a platform starting off, so and a former NFL player, and yeah, you know, a whole and bunch a bunch of, of NFL other players. NFL players, yeah, coming <laughs> on there, yeah. So, I mean, maybe someday we'll get there. I don't know, and maybe maybe by the time we get there, we'll be as old as Pat McAfee. We he's got some years on us, so we'll see sure. what happens, man. Yeah, see he's in happens. his early 40s, and we're in our late 20s. So, Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Actually, we got plenty the, of time. The Wisco Fanatics page is just about um, just about a year old, yeah. So, yeah. All right. And go to Superdome for a game. Oh, hey, you never been to a home game for the Saints, huh? Let me tell you, man, um, being at a home game, and I'm not trying to down you or anything, but Lambeau being literally one of the most famous uh, like stadiums in the entire world, I'd literally feel like a god wearing a Rodgers jersey and watching Aaron Rodgers throw touchdowns in the Adams. That's there is good. literally nothing more. That's a cool bucket list thing. This is more of a wish list than a bucket list, but I'd love to see the Packers do like a four, like a four crown, not like a triple crown, like a quadruple crown of um Rodgers winning the MVP, Lafleur winning Coach of the Year, Goody winning GM of the Year, and a Super Bowl. If the Packers could pull off all four of those things in one season, Bro. that would be nuts. That would probably be considered the greatest season of all time. Clean sweep, dude. <laughs> I mean, Clean sweep. the only other thing that I could consider better than that is is going undefeated in the, yeah. of the Super Bowl. That. But a quadruple crown of MVP, Coach of the Year, GM of the Year, and a Super Bowl. That would be, be crazy. That would be nuts. I agree with that. Um, yeah, with that being said, man, I got nothing else. Uh, those are good questions, James. That's probably something um, we could probably we could probably cook up a, another good list, have some people send in theirs as well. I like that you, you told that's us yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something we can look forward to. Maybe yeah, – you know, since I could ask my kid, you could ask your kids, and we can uh, kind of make a is, collective Lily family. Lily is dying to get back on the show to talk about the Brewers. Like, she's so excited because she loves talking about going to the Brewers games. So she's really excited to come back on the show and talk about going to Brewers games. Hey, for, hey, Brewers preview, bring her on, man. Seriously, bring her on. We'll talk. Hey, what, what are you looking forward to the most for the Brewers? <laughs> they They love the hot dog races. Oh, like, who does sausage race? I, I know. How can you not? I mean, the Nationals <laughs> even copied it and started a president's race. <laughs> For real, dude. You know, if, if you're not from Wisconsin, you've never been to a Brewer game. You're going <laughs> to come on like, here. What the hell is a sausage race? I don't get like, it. 
They're racing fucking meats over there. What's going on in Wisconsin? Just Google it, but be careful which link you click on. Um, oh, and don't, and don't click our link over here with Love Face. I don't know what's going on over uh, there. Yeah, it's YouTube spam, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just trying to drive up our comment numbers or whatever. But um, the sausage race, every game at the breweries, they have the sausage race, the racing sausages. Um, that's probably Lily's favorite thing. Um, they like the fireworks that go off, so they enjoy that. Um, but yeah, Lily's excited to get back and talk about it. They yeah. like seeing Bernie go down the slide. Me too, because that means the Brewers hit home yep. runs. That means, yep, that's an exciting time. I uh, that's the first thing I pointed out to my stepson when we had a home run. I am not exaggerating. Every single time I turn on a sports game, Lily and Layla ask me if they're playing in Wisconsin because they want to see the mascots. Really? <laughs> they, like, like if I turn a Bucks game on, they're like, "Are they at the Bucks place? Is Bango there? Are they at the Badgers place? Is the, is Bucky the Badger there?" <laughs> Sporting event was when I went to New York City. That to does, the James said Yankees fans are a holes. That does not surprise me. Um, is the like, sky blue? <laughs> <laughs> Yankees fans think that every team's best player is theirs for the taking if they offer us four players we've never heard of, or they'll just buy them, which is the dumbest thing about baseball. I'm so sick they, and tired of that shit. They literally, I saw people saying the the Yankees could probably get Yelich from the Brewers for like three prospects because they want to get out of his contract. No, knock it off. They they were acting like Willie Adamas is going to be available in trades. They're like, oh, you know, they just traded for Willie Adamas. They, you know, they probably don't need, they're probably willing to trade him. No, I love Willie No, Adamas. it's not like he just came on, like finished like eighth in MVP voting after coming here in the end of May and helped us like turn the season around and was one of our best players last year. But yeah, I'm sure the Yankees could get him for two prospects <laughs> and Luke Voigt. Like, yeah. Like, do you, do you people think before you put this stuff on Twitter? No, they're the Yankees. So they think they run the it's, baseball. Yeah, it's world. Yankees fan. And Mets fans are almost as bad because they think everybody that's ever been to New York or set foot in New York wants to come play for the Mets because they've been in New York. Like they've thought for years that they're going to get David Stearns because he's from New York. Okay. Cool story, bro. Like that doesn't mean that he's going to come be, um, be the GM for the Mets. Like it's, it's ridiculous between Yankees fans thinking they can trade for every single player and Mets fans for thinking that every player that's ever put a pinky toe in New York wants to play there. I don't know. New York fans are a little weird. I actually just had this discussion, so this kind of makes sense that uh, we're having this discussion. But uh, I was talking with another vendor the other day, and we were talking about which side of the country sports do you hate more, East Coast or West Coast? I said easily East Coast. Easy. Not even a thought for me. Yeah. East Coast, I hate more. I hate East Coast way more. You got the New York people over there. Yeah. You got Philadelphia, Boston. Can't Patriots, stand any of it. Yeah, yeah. Can't Patriots stand any of it. Are bad. I mean, Patriots the only thing over in the West is LA. That's the LA. only bad part. And even even LA, like I don't hate all of LA. Like I don't hate the Angels. Like I'm actually cool with yeah. the Angels. I like Shohei Otani. He's cool. Uh, yep, I like Mike Trout. <clears throat> um, I hate the Dodgers. I also I hate, hate about LA. I don't like the Lakers. Like I like some of the stuff that they've done over there. Like uh, as far as free agency goes, I think Malik Monk signing with the Lakers was a great deal. Great. Yep. Yep, um, yep. I I just don't care for the Lakers as a team. 
I, I don't dislike any of their players. I think Frank Vogel is a solid coach. That It is what it is. I don't hate Anthony Davis. He's not better than Giannis, but it is what it is. I hate the Dodgers. Oh, I hate the Dodgers as well. But as far as the West Coast is concerned, like I don't, like I don't hate the Portland Trailblazers. I don't hate the Seattle Mariners. I don't like the Seahawks, but that's just because they think that their team is good and it really is terrible. Um, but as far as East Coast, West Coast, East Coast is definitely harder. No, it's not um, even close. It's really not even close, dude. Philly, garbage city. I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, Florida, Florida is on the East Coast technically, unless you want to count it in the South. I'm just cutting it in thirds, right? And yeah. like Florida, terrible, garbage people. New York is the absolute worst. Boston's not far behind. They all talk like freaking idiots over there anyways. I mean, I just – I hate it all. All the East Coast, nope, garbage. Don't want to see Washington, it. The Knicks, Washington is okay, but that's just because they don't have anything to cheer for. Dude, we literally had this discussion about the Knicks, right? They put the Knicks on national television once a freaking week, and I got to watch that garbage. I don't want to fucking watch the Knicks anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. They freaking suck. Uh, Julius Randle Celtics. Taken Sorry, a James. Massive, they they massive put the Celtics on national TV forty-five times a year. I don't want to watch the Celtics that much. They have two good players to watch. Like it's. I, I, I did see tra- a potential trade package that the Bucks could put together for Marcus Smart, and I'm on board with that. I love Marcus Smart. He is a he's one of those players that you hate to play against. Love on your team. He's yep. that's exactly what he is. But. I'm sorry, I don't want to watch the Celtics that much. <laughs> I just and, don't. And not, and not every player that has a big contract is going to go to the Yankees for a handful of peanuts and one player. And why Why are we not watching John Morant more? You know what I'm saying? Or, like, I mean, Phoenix is starting to get on there a bunch now. But, like, there's a bunch. Like, I feel like Portland doesn't get on there anymore. Like, I want to – like, Damian Lillard's taking a step back this year. He, he is. But, like, I've, I've enjoyed watching Damian Lillard. I yeah. mean – the, the Timberwolves have been kind of exciting this year, kind of up and down. They never get on TV. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's kind of fun to watch, and Carl Anthony Towns yeah. is one of the most talented big men in the league. We don't Anthony get to watch Edwards them. Coming along. Anthony, dude, that guy jumps out of the building, and it's just they could put other teams on I there. Don't watch, I don't want to watch the Knicks. I don't want to watch the Knicks, and I'm so they, sick and tired of watching Jason Tatum one, shoot 40 shots. One out of every 10 games that the Knicks have a good game is – a game where Julius Randle shoots one for seven and Evan Fournier shoots one for 10 and they both have eight turnovers. Oh my God, dude. It's not fun to watch. And RJ Barrett, he is so overrated. He's better than he was last year, but RJ Barrett is so overrated. And then he hit one he's game in winner that he banked in. Like he's, he's not going to be a star. I would take Cam Reddish over, over RJ Barrett in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand it. If, I mean, and John Morant's not even really getting a lot of the MP, MVP buzz that he should be getting, in my opinion. Especially but, with them on a 10-game win streak now. Dude, imagine John Morant in New York. Oh, my God. He'd be the leading candidate uh, right now. Leading he'd candidate. Be, like, he'd, he'd probably be top five in jersey sales. Oh, easily. Easily. He would have been there last year and the year before, too. I mean, the guy's a monster. But, yeah. I mean, my point being is you could put other teams on national yeah. television. Mix Doesn't it have to be the Knicks or the Celtics. Or the freaking Lakers, like, I, you know I love LeBron, but I don't need to watch LeBron 50 times a year. I'm sorry. I don't. Just mix it up, man. Mix it up. Honestly, the, the power in the NBA has shifted from the West to the East. The East is better than the West. Top to bottom. You think so? Yes. Well. 
I'd agree with that. The Cleveland Cavaliers were a basement-dwelling team since LeBron left, and they're the sixth seed in the East right now. I know. They've actually been pretty as, impressive. As far, as far as Atlanta goes, they're underachieving, but they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They were. I get there's a lot of players in the West that are hurt. Like, Luka's missed a bunch of time. Kawhi still hasn't played this year. Um, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. out for Denver. Lillard has taken a step back. Uh, Timberwolves, you know, they can be fun to watch at times, but they're still not contenders. I mean, Phoenix and Golden State are really, really the, the only, only things that are exciting in the East right, or in the West right now. They shift over to the East, and the Bulls, despite their what I think that they're content, like pretenders, but they have a good record. They're you know, DeRozan's hit some game winners, which makes them exciting to watch. Obviously, the Bucks, the defending champs, the Nets are the Nets. They have KD. I mean, you can go down the heat of the the Heat, the Hornets, uh, the Wizards overachieving. Sixers, um, Cleveland overachieving the Sixers. What are they going to do with Ben Simmons? Like, I mean, the East I think is is better than the West. And a lot of shit going on. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I just I hate East Coast. I thought, and he was telling me West Coast. I was like, bro, you going crazy? You doing too much, man? I mean, maybe if Vegas starts getting more, like if they get an NBA team and. I could see Vegas being kind of annoying. I won't lie. I could see them being kind of drunk and annoying, but, <laughs> but maybe, maybe just wanting to have a good time. So I guess there's but, potential for that. To go but you're just like, yeah, it's my uncle. He's just drunk all the time. He just let I put $500 on Vegas to win this game, even though they're minus 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. All right, man. All right. You got anything else? Nah, man. Let's, uh, let's right. go hang out with the families. Yeah, Go Bucks, go Badgers. Get some yes, big sir. wins tomorrow night. Sir. All right. See you next week. Later, buddy.